Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Moss, the official podcast of Somos Moss NM and your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United and the New Mexico Runners. Uh, my name, of course, is Seth Bidoff. Thank you guys so much for joining us here on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, as you do each and every week. Um, joining me this evening, a blank wall. Um, no, Jacob is here. He's taking us contacts. He'll be right back. So we do appreciate you guys being with us here uh, live. And there he is. The man, the myth, the legend himself, Jacob Terrell. Hey, there you go, Carlos, already over in the chat. Exactly. Playoffs. We talk about playoffs. Playoffs. Yes, sir. We are just hoping to win a game here in the final five matches of the season. Uh, Jacob, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Earl is not with us. His wife is back in town after a trip, so he's spending some time with his wife this evening. Uh, Hopefully he is enjoying his time with her. So um, we do appreciate you guys being here with us. Jacob, I do have one burning question for you this week. When you go to Sam's Club, Costco, whatever, what is your one purchase that you would recommend that everyone get? Hmm. Hmm. Bacon. Bacon. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That seems to be what we we buy the most of is that the rights thick cut applewood smoked bacon. Mm -hmm. Um, That or or the blocks of Tillamook cheese. Uh, Go through that a lot. Okay. Um, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, f- the last time I went, they actually didn't, they had one person giving out free samples, and it was of like some like sparkling water. I was like, yeah, no, not. I'm not messing with that. Not even gonna mess with that. Um, one thing, and my friend that actually introduced this to me is the Frank's Red Hot popcorn. Have you not? Have um, you seen this? No, and I think I'll pass. Yeah, it's over at Sam's Club, and it's the uh, whatever brand, the smart food, whatever, you know, popcorn. Mm-hmm. It's Frank's Red Hot flavored. It's incredibly good. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that is and, something I would have to sample before I buy a Sam's Club-sized bag of it. It's, it's really good. I, I had never tried it, and I tried it the other day, and I actually mixed the bowl together of the white cheddar popcorn and the Frank's Red Hot. See, now that, that sounds good. Yeah, that actually worked out really well. So it was... Uh, I've got a big bag in there. Had some a little little while ago, and uh, now we've got some apple juice ready to go for this evening. So, because it's uh, it's one of those nights. Is your apple juice green? What the is going on with your apple juice? No, this is a. I got a set of Star Wars uh, glasses. Okay. Yeah, this is the Dagobah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So yeah, I've got a whole series of six different planets. I too have a small amount of apple juice. Oh, you have, you have a small amount. I have a large amount. <laughs> no, I'm not a I'm not a straight apple juice drinker uh, mm-hmm. typically, but um, it's semi possibly celebratory slash also since the holiday and the infection on my head, uh, which I found out is a rare kind of staph infection. So I have to get five days of shots in a row. Ooh. Um, and they suck. They like my, my left leg is, is, uh, very much in pain when I walk right now because of the shot, not because of anything else. So, um, celebratory slash self-pity slash, uh, it's been one of those months so far. 
yeah. uh, type things. Well, yeah. Here's cheers to you. Your 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 head does look better. I will say that compared to oh, I, compared to I last tell you, week. So Wednesday they lanced it. Oh, okay. It. Yeah. And like they were putting some pressure on that thing before it finally uh, before it finally gave way and shot across the the room. So oh wow. Uh, after that, I felt a ton better, and then I had some antibiotic ointment and pills to take with it. Um, and then yesterday's when they called me and said, Hey, we need to, need to, uh, be giving you a shot every day. So. Well, well yeah. Glad, uh, glad you're doing better. Glad they figured out yeah, yeah. what to do there. And, and Carlos, that's because you're not 21 yet. When you turn, when you turn 21, we will make sure that we buy you a drink and uh Harry, glad to see you over the drink time. of apple juice, yeah, drink of apple juice. Yes, sir. Um, Harry, is glad it, to see you. Is your apple juice oak flavored? It is peanut butter flavored. Oh, okay. yeah. Mine's agave flavored. Ooh, interesting. I, I have another bottle up there that I haven't opened yet. I'm tempted to try it. So, uh, Harry, do you want to hop on the show? I don't know if you're busy, but if you want to hop on the show, Harry, you know, you're certainly welcome to. I can shoot you the link. Um, but yeah, so uh, while Harry just uh, has pondering that question there, so Jacob, I do want to share with you. Um, I, we haven't talked about it in a while, but you have expressed an interest in beekeeping. Ah, yes. Um, I found out today. Now, I have not been to my, my office in a number of weeks, mm-hmm. um, partly because I, I get to work every other week uh, from home. And then two weeks ago, uh, I was at home because of the simple fact that I was in a training. So I said, do you just stay home? I said, okay, great. I walk into the building this morning. There's a sign downstairs in the building. Or uh, uh, yesterday, I should say. Is that three days until your winged friends join us. Like, what is going on with this? Come to find out, the company I work for has decided to install uh, beehives at each of the headquarters locations, with the exception of Oklahoma, because they are still doing it's a fucking st- Oklahoma. Well, they're, 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 they're doing a study to determine if it's a viable environment for the bees. And that hasn't been done yet. So tomorrow. <laughs> I'm so confused. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't understand the reasoning behind it. But yeah, they're they're installing some beehives at each of our state headquarters locations of the five states that, that we're in. And so, yeah, they're doing a big thing tomorrow. Morning. They're bringing they're installing them back behind our building like re- on the reservation side uh, of the property. Um, and so, yeah, like they're like all about this. And so I thought you would find this interesting. And I wanted to ask you, like, isn't it like, I'm, I know, I know our friend Andy Hageman does mm-hmm. some beekeeping as well. Like, I know he has some pictures. I'm sure you saw his pictures up on mm-hmm. Facebook today. Like, is this, um, I mean, is, is, do you think that that area or is New Mexico like viable for bees? Like, and what do you think of like, a company this size doing, trying to do something like this? I don't know. I kind of like it. Um, it's interesting. It's it's weird. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me um, without knowing like your guys' exact location and what they're well, like. What, the Parkway. No, okay. And like what their like thought process is behind it. Like, are they doing it to save bees? Are they doing it to improve morale? Are they doing it uh, because the main boss is a, a bee guy? I don't know. Um, no, they they bees, said us to be more eco-conscious is what they've told us. Uh, work from fucking home then. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. That's that's all it said. In an effort to be more eco-conscious, they're bringing in bees, and they gave everyone – and they kind of explained it a little bit, and there's going to be like a whole big presentation tomorrow. They're bringing in some uh, beekeeper from NMSU to come in. And Harry, I sent you a link, by the way. Um, check your Twitter. Um to, to come in and, and do this thing. And so, yeah, they're trying to be more, more eco-conscious and they pa- they're passing out packets of uh, uh, of seeds, wildflower seeds to everybody in the building today to say, hey, go home and plant these. It's supposedly help, like, help the bees or something. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't understand. And so it's just really like, kind of random that yeah, very they're doing this. And so I was kind of curious. I was like, what? And I'm going, first of all, is this not a legal liability? Like, what if someone gets stung by one of these bees on company property? You know, um, that was, that's where my mind went first. But I was curious. I, I, wanted to, I wanted to present this to you and see what your thoughts on that were. I mean, I kind of like it. Uh, like I said, um, bees, as I, I think we talked about it, the one episode that I or one of the episodes that I was uh, mentioning it on the pod a lot. Um you know they need help. They're they're not uh, not doing so hot on their own. Um, so any respectable beekeeping uh, is much appreciated. Um, there's Harry. Um, Harry, what's up, guys? Hey, Harry, thanks for joining us. And then as for for that location being viable, yeah, I mean, as long as bees have water within a few miles and and plants that that'll that'll bloom then then they're happy and uh the the bosky is is a a very good place for them with the the river and the the plant life that's down there so i know um you're not too far from the river where you are then and so uh yeah the the liability thing i don't don't know i don't know how they're gonna get by (laughs) with that or, or what what they're thinking there but yeah i think it's a pretty good idea so uh, joining us now here on the show, the one and only Harry Austin. Harry, uh, appreciate you being here, joining us here tonight on Bcast. Um, <laughs> well, Carlos, you're the Broncos cast uh, after that poor performance and horrific coaching last night, but uh, I'm up for some bees. There you go, Carlos. You want to join us too? I'll pop you. I'll pop you a link. Send it. Send yeah. it. Let's do this. Let's just get everybody in the chat. Let's do this. If you are in the chat, Earl you tonight. are on the I'm show. Sure if I missed that. Uh, his wife was out of town for several days and came back today. Came back tonight. Yeah, so he, had, he told us that. There you go. Uh, I don't know if you can copy that, Carlos. Um, if not, Robert, how you doing, my friend? Uh, Earl is, and we were just talking about that. He's uh, spending time with his wife this evening after she was out of town. So uh, Harry is going to pop in. Uh, Carlos is going to join us here in just a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, big week. Uh, San Antonio picked up a win over the weekend. Uh, New Mexico United, of course, went down to RGV and lost. So that sets up a interesting matchup this weekend. And Harry, Harry on a scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you for this weekend? Um, worried actually. When everybody picks San Antonio FC, typically that's when they uh, stumble a little. I guess you could say. Well, you'll be happy to know I'm not picking SAFC because I, I I just can't. My blood won't let me. But uh, yeah, they're probably heavily favored uh, in Vegas. I would say. There's Robert's answer to your question right there. <laughs> 
Um, oh, okay. The scale of one. I was like, 20 what? Uh, um, bees? Oh, no. Okay. Confidence. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's about my where my lack of confidence scale is uh, for, for going into this weekend. Yeah, I'm looking at the, I mean, obviously last week, uh, Harry, I don't know if you caught the end of the show last week. Obviously, Peter Trevisani joined us. Uh, and if you haven't listened to that, please go back and do some great conversation with, with Pete last week. Um, all four of us picked New Mexico United to go down and beat RGV at HEB Park. Um, some of us were a little bit more confident than others. We had uh, Swirland <coughs> 2 0, 3 1. Yeah, Pete was extremely <laughs> confident in, in that result there. And, you know, I, I thought we had an opportunity to go down there and make some noise, but I mean, we just we shit the bed. We absolutely shit the bed against RGV. But RGV is playing better right now. They Their defense has been stout all year. Mm-hmm. And they found I forget who the top th- their top three. They've got a top three that's playing really, really well. Pizone, Pinzone, Pizone. Right. And then Friarberg uh, uh, that he got on loan from Indy 11 of all places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so they've I'm glad San Antonio FC isn't playing them now and they played them earlier in the year because I think they're they're like last year, they made a push towards the playoffs, and they're doing that yeah. again uh, this year. So, and and we did talk last week about how hard it is to play down yeah. there at HEB Field, and and um, the you know, I, me and Peter both kind of talked about uh, having a bigger field, what we would look like, and and stuff, and uh, it didn't pan out uh, the way we thought it might. It did at times. Uh, that opening goal for United was a perfect example. I mean, that we had way more space to operate in, and we were, we were able to take advantage of that space, and and maybe got a, a little bit of a lucky bounce, but um, that that's that's kind of soccer for you. And so we were able to get the ball in the back of the net, and you think, okay, we're off. Um, but as a United fan, we should know uh, when we score in like the first fifteen minutes, um, it's typically not good for us because then we decide to shut off and I I'm still not sure if it's coaching or if it's if it's just the players or if it's a little bit of both but um uh, we definitely definitely tend to pull back a little bit after we get that first goal and uh it's infuriating but you and you know, I don't know the New Mexico lineup as well as you guys. But you guys had some people out or some changes in the lineup as well that I don't think when you guys had the discussion on Tuesday mm-hmm. that you know I think if you had a noon, hey, this is what the lineup's going to be, you know, on Saturday. I think think you know, I know you guys would have probably still predicted New Mexico to win, but I think it would have been a different discussion. Kind of. I as soon as the lineup came out, I texted the group, the guys and said, I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I really did like how it, how it lined up. Uh, we do have a lot of injuries that, um, are affecting us to varying degrees. The, the Nico Brett one, uh, which, which Peter said he was going to be out for a while and hopeful that he would come back for the end of the regular season, uh, really, really has affected us, um, more than I think people, I know some people kind of shed on, on Nico, um, for not doing a whole lot other than finishing, but <laughs> the most important part of this game is finishing. And, and that's, uh, that's what he, we, he was signed for. That's what he's done his whole career. That's what we brought him in to do. And that's what he was doing. Um, and then I think Jerome's kind of being missed a little more than 
some fans want to admit. Um, uh, he got some shit for going down a little easy at times and, and his antics, but um, they were freaking effective. I mean, his, his, when Nico and him were playing, we were scoring goals. Uh, Nico and him aren't playing. We're not scoring goals. That's, that's a problem. And so um, for everything Kevon has brought and Amando, um, Romario, Weehan, uh, they just, we need a little bit more there and, and we're just not getting it. And that's, that's a problem. Yeah. Nico being out has definitely been a loss. Um, and, and like you alluded to what Pete said the other night, we may not see Nico again at all this regular season, which I think is a, a massive blow because Nico brings a lot of different things to, to, to the final third. And I think he's better than Kevon um, in a yeah. lot of aspects. Number one, he's, I think he's more creative than Kevon. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously Kev is going to get forward. He's going to put himself in a position to score goals and he's going to convert some chances. Um, yeah. But I think Nico is better at recognizing the situation and distributing the ball. Um, yeah. And you talk about Jerome and yes, people gave Jerome a lot of shit, you know, and, and Earl was one of the people that was saying that, that Kevon is, or that, that, that Jerome is just up there, not doing a whole lot. He's drawing fouls and he, he's hammering up. I'm like, well, yeah, he is, but like, he's doing what he's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. He's holding up the ball. He's drawing attention, which is, you know, basically what I said he was going to do all along, you know? Um, so yeah, that's been missed. And then obviously, you know, Christian Nava, a guy who can create out of the midfield, a guy who's going to draw attention farther, you know, deeper on the pitch. And, you know, Josh Suggs has been out. He, uh, Austin Yearwood's been out. Now Harry's out again. Like, because we didn't know about Harry until a Saturday evening. Um, so, I mean, I don't, I don't think any of us really, really thought that Harry was going to be an integral part of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, the lineup we had, I felt it was, it's pretty similar to what we had against El Paso and, and against El Paso, we looked good for, for... here's where I'm going to push back on you. Okay. Since August third, so since the since August, you guys are what one win, one draw, and six losses. Mm-hmm. So, what looked good against El Paso, which was still a loss, and it was an even played game. The team, off to me, offensively, the team still something's missing offensively, mm-hmm. and you know, you guys have had injuries, you know, player changes. I don't know, you know. I, I watch you guys, but I don't watch you guys that close to be able to, to, to you know, try to pinpoint what's wrong. Right. But to me, that's the biggest issue. Have you guys outside of, you know, your win and your draw is the only time that you guys have scored multiple goals. Mm-hmm. That's, and, and, and I know going against San Antonio, if San Antonio scores, you know, as San Diego found out, it's it's tough. It's 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 tough to 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 get a win, and you know the to me New Mexico defense is solid, but I don't know if it you know it, it can't hold up you know zero zero one zero um, every match, and that's my concern. You know, you know for for New Mexico is where's the scoring going to come from if Nava's out? You know, I think Nava has a chance to be back this game based on on last week's show. Um, possibly yeah you know it's rumor you know he may or may not it's kind of that you know we'll probably see how he fit how he feels type situation um it wouldn't shock me if they hold him out because 
you know, what the next match is a, a Friday match at Vegas for New Mexico. Mm-hmm. So, which, which I think is a more winnable match. Oh crap. They let Robert in too. <laughs> yeah. We'll bring some folks on this week. We'll have Hell yeah. You're letting anyone on tonight. Yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> uh, but I mean, Harry, you're right. Like the biggest thing for me all season long has been the midfield. Where's the creativity coming from? And since Nava's injury, we've seen a lot of it go away. Chris Weehan obviously hasn't been the Weehan of past. Yes, we have Justin Portillo, but Justin Portillo, he can't do everything, and we can't expect to score a penalty every other match. You just you can't. Um, I'm loosening up my uh, shoulder and arm, uh, you know, for Weehan this week. <laughs> and you know, I, I've seen people say that you know Weehan's back, and the articles over on USL Championship said that Weehan's back. This is not the Chris Weehan. Like, yes, he's hit a couple banger, you know, free kicks, but this is not the Chris Weehan that we've seen in the past. And while there's a lot of similarities to what Troy Lesane ran and what Zach Prince is running, Bees is not doing the same as he used to. He's just not. And so that's where a lot of that issue is. And I actually brought this up after the Monterey Bay match. And if you guys listen to the, the post-match recap, Zach kind of took exception to me asking about, you know, the fact that things seem to flow better after Monterey Bay or during that match compared to the previous ones. And so Zach kind of took, seemed to take exception to that. But if you go back and you watch the, the Monterey Bay compared to other matches, like there was a fluidity moving forward. Like we looked cohesive and that's something that's severely lacking at times, um, particularly, you know, from the midfield forward. Harry, to, to your point, you, you said the defense has been solid. Yes, the defense has been, good, has been has been good most of the season. Honestly, I feel like since Kalen Ryden came back, and I've said this before, Kalen Ryden has not been the same. And I feel like you look at Saturday night against RGV, we got caught. We got caught out a lot, and we got put in a bad situation. So, and and I can't even put a, put that on on Alex Tambakis. Like I can, I look at that and I put that on the fact. And this is something again we've talked to Zach about this before. The, the 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 fullbacks are too high up on the pitch. They're getting caught up, caught out of position. You know, the, even the center backs. You look at, I think it was two of those goals. We had a two on one situation at the back, and that's just not going to work. Especially not. It's not going to work against RGV. It's certainly not going to work against you guys. Well, part of part of the reason why we were pushing on that, uh, not the first goal, but the other two were were we well the last one I should say is we were down and. We desperately need a re- we needed a result, whether it was one or three. We needed something. Um, so giving up that third goal, I don't I don't give a damn about. Um, the first one was a little uh, unnerving, but I mean it was a it was a perfectly placed pass uh, and a and a one touch finish that surprised me for sure. So um, I, I think. I think the defense is what it is, and I, just because we gave up three goals, I'm, I'm not super concerned about that. And, and like Harry said, you know, our RGV's found a, a front three that works and and has been rolling with it, and they've been been performing well as of late. So I, I don't know what to take out of that. I, I think I think the biggest problem that we have is a mentality issue, whether that starts at the top or. Uh, it's just because we're from New Mexico. I don't know. I mean, uh, it's just uh, it's been rough watching a team that you would think is super talented um, just kind of squander away things like like Saturday night. 
And and the one thing that that stuck out to me, uh, one player in particular that stuck out to me is Moreno. Um, and you you might think that I'm going to say a good thing about him since he scored, but I I did not like the way he played. Uh, I have not liked the way he played, frankly, since he went to El Salvador uh, last year for the first call up that he had for El Salvador. Since he's come back, um, both last year before the injury and this year since he came back, has been just not good. Um, and and the the play that sticks out to me was him and Ratty had a two on one on the left. And Raddy passes it to him and then makes a run. Moreno had to see him, had to see him make this run. There was no way Moreno didn't see him make this run. And instead of playing a one-two with Raddy, um, he turned, dribbled into three defenders, and got the ball taken away. Um, and it was about that time that I stopped paying attention. I didn't turn it off because I'm never going to turn the game off. But uh, I definitely picked up my phone and started playing uh, a game on my phone and scrolling social media after that. Because because once that happened, it was like, okay, well, they're not on. Nobody's on the same page. Uh, we're not going to score again. So it, it doesn't matter how many they put up. We're 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 screwed. Here's something that, I, and I don't know if you guys have talked about this. <clears throat> New Mexico United's average age is twenty eight point four. You talk about, hey, they have the name brand. Yes, they've got the name brand, but you're getting name brand past, you know, on on the downside. I know we're talking about Chris Weehan. You know, hey, he's not the same one there. Um, uh, Riding, I think you mentioned as well, the, the, the outstanding center back. To me, to me, that's that's one issue. You know, especially when you guys come to the off season, and hopefully that's you know in the playoffs. You know, somewhere somewhere down the road that's something that new mexico has to fix they're the fourth oldest they're tied for third oldest team in usl usl's a a, a young yeah um a, a young league team san antonio's what 22, three, uh, at 27.1 and they're in the bottom you know as far as as far as age towards the you know towards the bottom switchbacks charleston memphis are the only teams that are in RGV are the only teams that are younger than San Antonio FC outside of the, you know, the, the two teams. To me, I think that's a big factor, especially, you know, we've noticed that the performance at home has slipped this, this year. Um, and, you know, performance on the road has been solid because of that veteran experience. But you, to me, New Mexico has got to find a balance balance on that. And, I wonder if that's part of the struggles, especially as you get later in the year, those legs get tired, injuries, you know, the, the knocks take a little bit longer to recover. Well, great timing here for uh, Sombrero Man to pop in and join us. Uh, Harry, obviously bringing up the fact that the Mexico United has not played well at home. Uh, Carlos, what is your what is your take on this? You know, obviously United has been historically better on the road than at home, especially given the way that, you know, the COVID season played out. Um why have we played so poorly at home? Well, you know, it's I've I've gotten a uh, first-hand look to it, being a cap on the pitch. Um, quite frankly, I don't have an answer. You know, I'm a big baseball guy, so I'm superstitious, and so I just think that stadium's cursed. Um, I, I'm going to blame the Dukes for that one. Uh, but no, in all honesty, I I can't put the pieces together. Obviously, it's not the the field because the isotopes have an amazing record at home this year. Um, so it's, 
is it the pressure? Is the pressure too much for our, for our lads? Uh, you know, is it, you know, do they like I love the pressure, the anxiety of playing at home, you know, and this, this was brought up to me after a match by a fan is, are we just too loud? Like is, can they not communicate on the pitch? Is it like a, uh, Los Angeles Rams silent count type thing at SoFi <laughs> Stadium. You know, it's 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 a very weird thing, and we we've had to be good on the road. I mean, if you look at 2020, we had no choice but to be good on the road. So, is it the mentality of well, we're just going to go into their place and win, and then we'll pick up points wherever we can at home? You know, I I guarantee you, you know, we've been in those press conferences together. That's the Zach's not going to give us that answer. Um, so it's, and it's nothing, I'm not knocking Zach in any way. It's just a very weird statistical anomaly that we just aren't good at home this year. It's well, and it's very strange. It's, it's not just this year. Uh, I think last year we had a winning record at home. Um, but, but barely the majority of those were draws at home. Yeah. That's and then 500. And then year one, we were not good at home either. Um, obviously 2020, we were on the road. So, so that one doesn't really, I don't have any data from that, but so we've had three years where we've had home matches and we've only had a winning record in one of those. And it was only barely a winning record. Well, that, uh, and that, I, that and I think one, I, if I recall, I mean, we, we did start off with that gigantic win streak. So well, that wasn't a win streak though. It was just an yeah, unbeaten streak. It was an unbeaten streak that started off at home. Uh, not just at home, but as as a franchise, yeah. and it, I think it took us until that Sacramento Republic match before Open Cup match that was, we lost our first game at home. Oh, at home, yeah, yeah, at home was the first game we lost. We lost there, and I thought we were pretty solid year one at home. I felt like the lab was minus a few late equalizers. It's a pretty tough place. I still think it's a pretty tough place to play, but we've I, seen we've seen it just kind of window where and another thing is are the opposing players really feeding off the energy that we give there and we need to shut them up you know is is that why they're, they're playing with a different chip on their shoulder there when they come to albuquerque we i think that's a great question for harry yeah you know, harry harry harry, said, harry you've watched a lot of the usl i mean obviously san antonio draws pretty well uh, compared to some of the other clubs. But when when clubs like El Paso or some others come in here, clubs that have smaller draws, do you think the attendance here in Albuquerque pl- makes a difference for them as well in terms of the atmosphere and the energy? I think it varies on the team. Like for San Antonio, I don't think the crowd really matters a whole lot because we play in front of a decent crowd. It's not your size, don't get me wrong. But it's a loud crowd you know, in, in San Antonio. And our teams, you know, I, I know, you know, and I'm sure New Mexico's you know, players say the same thing that, you know, they, they feed off the energy from the crowd. So I don't think it's a crowd issue at all. <sighs> to, to, to me, and, and, and I'll use El Paso as, as an example this year with how, with how they're trying to, to change things, from, you know, from Coach Lowry. Um, to that here is they're trying to do a a more pressing style on a baseball field that's short and narrow. That's not like, that's why San Antonio typically struggles going to El Paso struggles going to New Mexico because the pitch is so narrow. They can't, they don't have as much room like in Toyota field or HEV park. I don't know if the tactics aren't working right 
for you know you know for the home pitch and, and i know you guys watch and, and and you know watch them much closer than i do but i don't i don't understand it personally you know just, you know it, it doesn't it doesn't make sense in, in you know you're right kind of looking back i think the perception is 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 that new mexico does really well at home and, and i think a large of that is because of the attendance it, it gets such you know rage uh, rave reviews that i think maybe we overlook what the actual performance is, you know, because I, you know, at least locally on uh, West, you know, El Paso doesn't win a lot there. We don't win a lot there. Um, I think the only team that does would, would be Phoenix, I guess you could say, um, that's had kind of, you know, kind of success out there, but they've had success in San Antonio as well. It sucks. I mean, they really haven't, they've only played here twice. One was a, a 2 2 draw that they equalized late, and, and then the other was the, the COVID game this year. So, um, so then they don't it's just, yeah. you know, that's, that's just to me, to me, I, I think to me, the perception doesn't match the reality that that's, that's what's taking place there. And, and I think that's probably the disconnect is I think when most people say, Hey, New Mexico is playing at home. It's got that perception of being a tough place to play. And I know this year you guys have struggled and and I don't know if it's, you know, goes back to was it the, the COVID year where you guys were out on the road all year and, and you guys just became more comfortable on that. But even that doesn't really make sense because the, you know, it, what that was two years ago, mm-hmm. you figure there's been quite a bit of, you know, there's some people that are still there, but you know, there's gotta be some turnover on there. You know, the coaches changed uh, obviously, you know, from what's that 2020 to, to now. It, it, to me, it, it's, I, I I don't understand it, you know, like I said here, you know, you guys had a good run and, and then your recent performance, it's it's a struggle. Yeah, and I don't know, like this team in general is just, I mean, I've said it, I don't know how many times this year, they're, they're so Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde that it's it's hard to to put your finger on what's wrong because you can come out, then come out and look fantastic against Monterey Bay and then uh, come out the next game the next home game against El Paso. And I thought they looked good. I think they've looked good at home most of the year. The results just haven't been there. And that's why to me, I think it's more of a mentality thing. I think it's, it's, it's something mental uh, that is going on in, in the, the collective lab, uh, whether it's fans or players. Uh, I was actually in the fan or in the, the stands for the Monterey Bay game. And they had a chance late uh, to, to get back a goal. And you could hear the buttholes pucker in that place uh, as that ball went past the the post. I mean, what are you everybody. Talking about? What are you talking about? I didn't have my megaphone on. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, everybody was on edge for that uh, because they expect it now. And and to me, it, it kind of this year it feels more like a self fulfilling prophecy than anything else. It's it's uh, get the lead, um, don't give this up we're probably going to give it up. Oh, we gave it up. Um, does that come back to coaching? And I know that's something see, that we dealt with it here in San Antonio where you get the lead and then you, then you don't get that second goal. Right. You know, you, you kind of settle down and you, you're like, Hey, you know, we're comfortable. Our defense is solid. And then, you know, a one goal lead, you open yourself up, mm-hmm. you know, you know, for, you know, for that one shot, you know, like our game that 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 we that we played, um, San Antonio got a 
fringe lucky call, I guess you could say, with the PK. Um, although we did hit, you know, we did hit, uh, I think, the woodwork a couple of times. But there was opportunities that New Mexico had 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 the ability to score on that, that I would like to say other days they score, but unfortunately, you know, that's why they're in USL is is they're not, you know, they're, they're not converting those chances that they should be converting. Yeah, uh, go ahead. I'm the the not converting part has been the problem all year too. I mean that's that's something that is is necessary and and I don't know if it's coaching though. I to me it's it's a uh, those players now have. But the players have changed though, right? He, I'm talking yes about just no. I'm talking about just this year though. Um, because because last year we were we were we were solid at home um and and year one i mean uh, we heard peter talk last week about the the budget for year one and and how small it was and and how much more we've spent uh on players this year and the roster itself and and it's just uh but you've had to though you've yeah yeah. The growth in USL, which mm-hmm. would, you know, with the number one with the USL Players Association deal has increased, you know, increased wages. And let's be honest, the talent is rising, you know, in in USL across the board, period. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's because if you're looking at kind of the numbers that that uh, Peter threw out a little bit was I don't think in year one we had but a couple players making over 50 a year. Um, and now we have multiple players making over six, six figures. figures. Yeah. Um, and just about everybody he said was at that 50 K mark. Um, and everybody was over it. If you included the housing and, and, and other perks that they get. So I know the USL has grown, but I, I feel like we've made an even bigger jump than what the USL has, has, uh, forced teams to make, uh, if that makes sense. And so, I, year one, I kind of throw out. So this year's home record is really what I'm focusing on at the moment. And, and I think the players that are in there right now have gotten tight um, and, and don't want to give up those goals. And some of, some of the players like Rashid and Yearwood are from year one. Um, And so you just, it's a, it's a thing that, I mean, if the fans are sitting around saying, we expect to give up this late equalizer, then you know it's in the players' heads. I mean, it's it's got to be in the players' heads at least a little bit. They'll they'll never admit it. The coach will never admit it. But I've played sports before, um, and and typically uh, we're not machines. We're not robots. So the emotions and and the feelings that fans feel often are passed to the players, or at least. Maybe even starts with the players. Maybe that's why we're feeling it, as the players are feeling it before us. I don't know, but it it sucks. And uh, I, I was looking forward to these road games until we lost our GV, and now I'm looking at two SAFC fans on my screen. Uh, first of all, wondering why uh, we decided to let uh, two of them on, um, <laughs> and then second of all, uh, thinking, man, this weekend's gonna suck. I went back. I went back real quick over th- basically three full seasons at home. We are we have twenty wins, ten losses, twenty draws. 
So it's not it's not like we have a losing record at home. No. We obviously did better seasons one and two than we have this year to this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, so many of those draws were like last minute goals that we gave up. And I and think so, that makes it feel worse. I mean, you look at the two from the beginning of this year against Orange County and against Oakland, uh, two stoppage time set piece goals to give up three points and turn it into one. I mean, where would we be with four more points in the table? Right. We would. And what, not only where would we be with that, but how would that have affected our mindset going forward? And how would we have played at home going forward with three wins to start off instead of a win and two last second draws? The one thing I will say, your guys' losses at home, San Antonio, mm-hmm. um, Birmingham, which is a playoff team, mm-hmm. Sacramento playoff team, mm-hmm. Miami FC playoff team, mm-hmm. Memphis 901 playoff team, and El Paso. That that's that's kind of the the oh and the Sac- there, Sacramento but... Republic U.S. Open Cup. Right. Yeah. So the teams that 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 you're losing to are quality teams. It's not like you're losing. Right there, but yeah, you go back to the early season, you know, uh, Orange County and Oakland, those last second, you know, late goals that, that that were given up. If you have those two wins, you know, it's probably a different discussion. But to me, just kind of looking at the record here, you know, the, the results here, the teams you're losing to at home are quality teams that probably talent wise are equal or you know. I think San Antonio probably has a little bit better talent, but you know, equal, you know, we'll say equal right. talent. So, but know, if, but an equal talent team from Miami, we'll say, from mm-hmm. a team that plays below sea level, essentially. If, Hashtag if, drink. Yeah, if it's if it's a equal, <laughs> Carlos with the water. Uh, um, Cheers, your, fellas. <laughs> Your biggest losses are to the east. Yeah. To, you know, 02, 03, and 02. And that, I mean, the Miami, the, the Memphis one and the Birmingham one. Birmingham, we just, I, that was at the end of, that's the one that broke the unbeaten streak um, with, that had Phoenix and, and a few other games in there. Uh, we had just come off two weeks off after a good streak. I think that one was more rust and and not uh, not being at the top of our game. So that one, okay. The Miami one, I don't understand that one at all. I don't, I don't know why we weren't more competitive in that game. Um, we should have ran them to death and been able to take a team that, even if they're a little bit better than talent, uh, they shouldn't. They're not three nothing in Albuquerque better than us uh, talent wise, and that. So that I get what you're saying, but there are several matches in there that I'm like, yeah, but if if we want to be where we thought we would be, you have to at least show up for those games. And we, we didn't for the majority of them. Well, that brings up something Harry brought up though, about the pitch size. Yeah. You know, it's a lot more narrow. You're not able to expand the pitch, you know, like you are in San Antonio, like you are in RGV. You can't really spread them out and make them run farther. They're running straightaways. If you, you know, put it in track terms. Um, now, you know, this, I don't, you know, this is pretty much public knowledge with major league baseball's new, uh, CBA, but that hill at isotopes park is coming out. So it's, it, the pitch isn't going to get much longer, but it'll be extended a few feet, you know, and that, that may have a play on it, you know, but it's, once we get our own place, 
I guarantee you the pitch will be a lot wider. And that's you're going to have to use that to your advantage because – We'll be regulation like running, size. I feel like running straight <laughs> – I feel like running straight is a lot easier than, you know, cutting different directions. You know, it's it's a lot easier to run straight away uh, and catch your breath quicker unless you're a Roro uh, in that Sacramento game. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it's a lot easier to run straight than it is to run wide. And then, you know, Jacob and I saw it firsthand that that Sacramento Republic game. We scored that goal right away. Felt great. Five minutes later, we were down 2-1. And you just you saw it on the players' faces, and you saw them chipping at each other. Now, that was another mm-hmm. thing is uh, – you know, I haven't seen a few matches since that one, but I was noticing a few matches leading up to it is this kind of internal self-destruction, quote unquote. I don't think it's that severe, but it's, you know, it's not collective encouragement. It's I'm going to go after this dude because X, Y, Z. And we saw it with two players, uh, Jacob Kamnanum, if they want, but I shall not, um, during the match and after the match. And it was a little, little concerning seeing that because it's, you're in this point where you're starting to slip. You're starting to lose points. You're losing points at home. You know, the the play, your magic number for the playoffs is getting closer, but now you're relying on other teams like we always have had to do, except for year two. And it's it's frustrating. And it's frustrating as fans, and I can only imagine how it is in that locker room. You know, working for the Topes, I know what a, you know, a losing locker room feels like, and it sucks. And that's no knock against the isotopes. It's just... The atmosphere on the home side compared to the away side, whoever's in town, are two different, you know, two different in energies. And, and like I said, I just think the stadium's cursed, personally. Um, we can blame the Dukes for that. But, yeah, it's – I think it has a lot more factors, and they do feel that feeling that we feel. That 75th minute hits, and we look at each other like, oh, my God. Or stoppage time, we still have a lead, and it says six, and we're like, oh, God. Here we go. And we start having flashbacks to, you know, El Paso, Phoenix year one, El Paso last year, El Paso again this year, Orange County. Oakland's done it to us a lot. Um, as much as I love Oakland, it's just it's frustrating. You you're supposed to hold on to those leads, and it's just something you kind of expect. And I hate to say it, you know, but as soon as stoppage time hits, I feel like as a crowd, I kind of lose the energy when I capo. And I don't not not me. I'm just saying in the crowd, it's just that 90th minute hits and it's just it's just done. And it's it, it's the energy gets sucked out before anything happens. It almost becomes contagious. It becomes a thing. Yeah, like, yeah, like that's the problem. Yeah, even a couple years ago, that's how we were too. Like you you have a lead and you're just like waiting. Okay, here we're gonna fall apart. We're gonna get a red card. We're gonna get up a late goal. It became like a mentality. You just expected it. So Where's you gotta expect different. Type yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I kind of want to throw the next question I had over to you, Robert, and appreciate you, you chiming in there. Um, obviously, San Antonio has been one of the best clubs in the league the entire season this year. Uh, it looks like it's going to be between you guys and I think uh, Lou City for uh, you know basically <laughs> number one overall, or, you know, the Supporter Shield. I mean, what is it about the San Antonio locker room, about the chemistry between the players, whether it's home or away, that they're pulling out results? despite not necessarily having the best looking performance on the pitch. Yeah. It's just like uh it seems like a team game. Like once they get that goal, 
they just have a way to like continue to make the game ugly. Like any game you watch where we're doing well, even the game when we played over there, it's like we get the goal and it just all of a sudden the total transformation of the game, it just becomes ugly. Like you come at us, we're going to chip over and we'll get that second one. And then all of a sudden, or the team's panicked, like in El Paso, when we scored that one goal, all of a sudden El Paso panicked and it just got worse and worse and worse for them. It's just like becomes a mentality. I think that Mercina's already, he's, he's brought in certain players with that team culture. You can just see that they inherently love each other. You see so many like social media posts where they're just like hanging out, like outside of the game, which is rare nowadays. Like with pro athletes, that's the hardest thing to do to get people that are getting paid to care about each other. You know, that's what gets lost, especially in some of even the, the bigger leagues, like NFL, all that stuff. Like, how do you get these players to buy in? How do you get them to care? And, and he's found a way. And this year it's, it's translated really on the field and off. It's just, it's really impressive and really cool to see that, uh, you know, but once again, having that first seed, the curse, like you talked about curses earlier. <laughs> that's all I could think of. It's like the, yeah, the number one seed. Do we want it? Uh, yes, but no, because <laughs> you know how that goes. But I also think for San Antonio this year, losing in PKs in the Western Conference Final last year put a big chip on their shoulder. Um, it gave them the confidence, hey, we are a quality team under Coach Marcina. They you know, they brought back key players. Um, and, and, you know, I'll give the, the technical staff credit. They brought back a stronger team. It may not be as deep um, through there here, but to me the crazy stat, that you know that I don't think I've ever seen here what we've played 28 games 29 games 28 games they have never had the same starting lineup in any of the 28 28 games there's been different players that have rotated in either due to injuries yellow cards you know you know suspensions you know player performance new players brought in San Antonio has yet to have the same lineup you know from week to from week to week to me, that's that just shows how how much depth that San Antonio has, how much versatility, and I think that shows. You know, kind you know, you know, if you're performing in, in you know in practice in the week, or if you did perform, if you performed well in the previous game, you're going to get the opportunity opportunity to play, and and I think that matters a little bit. Is you know, if if you're if you're a player on the bench, you know, you, you know, you're going to get minutes. Um, compared to, you know, past times, you know, under Coach Powell, where they ran out the same lineup, whether it worked or didn't work. And, and you're, you know, you know, you're like, hey, why can't we make some changes? And yeah, I wonder if that's maybe kind of a little bit what's going on in New Mexico is it looks like you guys keep kind of the same same core, you know, going out, going out um, and not, you know, I don't want to say managing minutes or anything, but you know, kind of keeping that, that fresh, that freshness, you know, in the lineup to where it makes, makes players hungry. That's an interesting point, you know, especially with us not having the open cup run and, and really aside from a few weeks, we really haven't had a whole lot of schedule congestion, which is, which is something that I know that we talked about early in the year because of how the schedule played out with us going back to the full schedule. Um, and you're right, Zach really hasn't rotated a lot of guys in and out. And so, you know, I don't, I just don't know. Like, I, I think most of the rotation that we've seen has been due to injury. 
And when you look at that and then you look at, you know, signings throughout the year to try to increase productivity, increase the amount of goals, whatever. Yes, we brought back some fan favorite guys. We brought in Kevon Freighter. We bought, you know, Devin Sandoval obviously signed. Not necessarily, he was earlier in the season, but after after his heart issue last year, we re-signed him, brought him back. Uh, you know, we brought back Bees last year. Um, you look at the, the signing of Romario Williams. He, and then compared to San Antonio, you guys brought back Christian Parado. And, and Harry, you, I know you and I kind of talked a little bit about it on Twitter. I mean, to me, signing a guy, and I kind of questioned, you know, bringing back Pirano at the time, but, you know, looking at the San Antonio signings compared to United and the, you talk about, you know, the freshness of guys, how big of a deal, how much better do you think the signing was of the San Antonio players, such like, like Pirano compared to what United did? Well, I won't even talk about Pirano because I don't think he's, fully adjusted he's getting better yet right um but how about uh sam and Dittering that came on loan from um from seattle nine goals mm-hmm. san in Anto- san antonio wasn't necessarily struggling you know to score but he's brought that consistency. guys that are familiar with the system though harry right but i don't know if 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 the bringing in the players consist you know through there here and I talked to you about this about last year on is, is that really a good thing? Um, I know it's great for the fans, but is it great for, is it great for the club overall? And, and, and I think that's where the results, I think that's where you're seeing kind of the mixed results, you know, you know, for, you know, for New Mexico. Cause I, I honestly believe at this level, you've got to have that player rotation, you know, to get younger along those lines, it's great to bring back the favorites, but, and as much as a great story it is for, you know, for, you know, for Sandoval to be back and, and, you know, of course, if he gets on the pitch, you know, I'm going to boom just like I did, you know, in the playoffs, you know, because, you know, it is a great story pre-match, you know, I'll, you know, you know, give him his kudos, but to me, that's, that's the, to me, that's the, when I look at El Paso and New Mexico, the, the biggest issues that they have here is they haven't got younger. They haven't, they haven't took that next step, you know, and whether it's, you know, bringing, bringing up Academy kids to help, you know, bring down the age or along those lines. And I know you guys have Nava, but to me, it's USL's turning into, you know, a, a, an up and coming young talent league, you know, and, you know, yeah, you guys have the names and fan favorites, but you can't tell me if, if you had a couple more wins or, you know, like Sam's, you know, you guys will, you guys will adopt anybody that, that performs well. And, you know, it's just, that's a fact. Well, when you look at talking about the age thing, the, the two of our younger players that we brought in, uh, one Radio Vuka, he didn't really start getting minutes uh, until the last two matches um, and has looked good uh, in those two matches. And then our, our other young young guy that we signed this offseason, Carl Fred Sainty, they loaned out uh, because he wasn't coach wasn't playing him. And and it's a guy that me and Seth both saw in the preseason um, and, and some practices and stuff around the beginning of the season. And uh, we were kind of blown away uh, at his his everything, really. I mean, he he was he was like six through six, two, six, three, um, just a big kid, uh, quick. Uh, good with the ball, 
I thought he was going to be a big part of what we did. And then um, instead we see a lot of 32, 33 year old Michael Azira in the midfield. Um, and we get rid of Sainty and send him to FC Dallas. Now where I have a lot of faith that he's going to do really well. Um, and so that to me is more of a, a coaching philosophy issue, uh, if anything, because we we had young players. We have some younger players that are are definitely capable of doing things, and they they weren't getting minutes, and they were getting overlooked for guys like Josh Suggs uh, when he was healthy and Michael Azira, both of which are the wrong side of thirty when it comes to professional sports. Do you, do you think it's too many cooks in the kitchen? Uh, I know I I made the joke to Earl of well we need a midfielder, but let's go sign another forward. Uh, do you i'm sorry you, i'm sorry who's earl uh, who? um, who? earl huh? earl who? just kidding earl i know you're not listening but if you just on the off chance you are i love on the off chance uh, on the off chance that for whatever reason the stream's being picked projected off of jacob's forehead into earl's laptop boom it's just <laughs> slipped in thank you everyone for joining us tonight no <laughs> uh <laughs> is this where you tip your waitress <laughs> oh my god oh my goodness uh but yes is it too many cooks in the kitchen though we have six fours you know and but I, we don't that is true we, we have six we have signed six players who are listed as forwards let me rephrase that um and i'm i'm wondering if if those romario and kavan signings weren't uh Made, I wonder if they weren't made with the knowledge that uh, Nico wasn't doing good and Kisavetter was going to be out for a while. Um, now, if, if we get those two guys out, then yeah, we've got a lot going on up front that I don't know what the hell we're going to do. But um, I, in hindsight, I feel like those those two in particular were brought in um, because Kisavetter, Ilya Illich, and uh, and Nico were going to either miss time or, or be gone from the club altogether. And, and so I, I'm not mad at those signings. A midfielder would be nice, but um, I, again, I still feel like we had a midfielder uh, at the time of making those signings that we decided to get rid of. And I don't understand why. Um, you know, Juan Pablo Guzman is still out there unless he's retired. God, I'm so glad Earl's not here. He would have lost his mind. Uh, Let me, like, I want to ask Harry and Robert this. I mean, when you're looking at what your team does, what your club does during the season, as far as signs go in the off season, when you're trying to fill holes, when you're trying to create uh build around, you know, say your core pieces, say you bring back Pirano, say you bring back a couple of Packers. What are you looking at to bring in around them to help fill out that roster? Like, are you looking for, for, guys who are in a similar position who can spell them or are you looking for guys around them who can who can help create chances create opportunities and, and draw some of that attention away to give your playmakers the ability to to do what they do best i really think san antonio focused on getting some core like almost leaders like maloney came back and then tainter and it just like then you fill in the skill position. Like it's a matter of getting guys that are pe people are buying into the team concept. Cause there'll always be like people with certain skills, but 
you still want that person who's going to fit the cohesive mold, who's going to like buy into the, they always say that mentality monster thing where, you know, are you going to do the extra slide tackle? Are you going to run the extra sprint? Are you going to do it? And it seems like they've all bought in because of the core players have brought in. This is the first time ever in all the years that I've watched them where we actually re-sign players. Normally, we'd start with a fresh team like every single year, get low knees and just fill in. This is the first time they've actually decided to like invest in players that have been here previously, multi-year contracts. That's something completely new, and that's been a big dynamic. That's that shows that they're buying in and investing in these players. So these t- these guys are investing in the team and becoming like leaders and like getting the other guys to buy in. It's 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 a uh, it's been pretty neat to see, and it's translated so far. And I've noticed with San Antonio FC, they get the fringe MLS players. Um, a lot of the players that they sign, you know, are our fringe players now Elliot Collier you know had injuries you know with, with, you know through there and he's what 27 Patino you know 25 you know fringe um David Larrera's played there I know he played in 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 Phoenix last year to me the players that they've brought in outside of the core core players they fill in with that fringe you know fringe um MLS two players late cuts and and that's it's one of the blessings and curses I guess you can say of being a fan where you get the core people up front and then it goes silent until until the MLS cuts happen and um you know you know when things kind of shake out at that point where you know you see other teams that you know hey they've got a full roster almost and we're at you know 10 players 11 players you know you know right before camp but you know to give credit you know to you know uh, to SA, uh, SAFC management, they have a solid game plan of, of what they of, of what they want to do. And so far this year, you'd have to say that you know they perfected it. Now, of course, playoffs you know you know will be a different discussion, and hopefully they can get healthy, especially on the back line again. But t- to me, as far as the the makeup that they build is, and and I think. I think for New Mexico, once they get their own stadium, you're going to probably see something very similar to this because I do think playing in at, at the lab, playing in front of the fans is a great selling point, but for the you know for the players itself, playing on a baseball pitch is probably a little bit harder to sell. Um, and I think that is something that you know you know I'm assuming you know New Mexico United. That's one of their biggest things that they have to overcome. If Peter and in, in, in the front office can get that stadium wherever that it's going to be at, I think you know. I, I think New Mexico at that point will be able to get you know the top players that they want to get. You know, obviously the budget will probably increase even more once they have once they have probably have control of their, over their own stadium. But I think you're going to be able to bring in those attractive players that may be able to to, to do that pressing be able to play the style that they want to play a little bit more compared to what they're able to bring in now. And I'm not saying you guys can't bring in good players, but there's a difference between playing on a baseball stadium and playing, you know, you know, in a, in a soccer specific stadium. Unfortunately, I mean, I would argue that we're getting whoever we want uh, for the most part. Um, uh, Moreno was, was an MLS fringe player uh, when we brought him down. Kalen Ryden was, at the time of bringing him over here, one of the best one or two center backs in the league uh, and probably 
could have got a look at MLS. Um, Nico Brett coming off a monstrous year for for Birmingham. And then not only that, but his career in general has been uh, incredible. And at the time when they announced him was exactly what I thought uh, we needed was a finisher. Um, Portillo, uh, I think that was more of a, a connections type signing. Uh, he's been great for us, though. He's arguably been the best signing from last season. Um, so I, I could definitely see us bringing in better talent uh, when we do get our own stadium. But um, I think the work that Zach and and especially Itamar, who's our what's Itamar's title, a prof- uh, official title, player, uh, president of player personnel. Mm-hmm. Something like a scout, right. something direct yeah. director, director of player, player personnel. personnel. Yeah, no. he's, our, um, he's our Billy Bean. Yeah, there you go. I, <laughs> and I've had several several conversations with him, and he's. Uh, I think he feels like he can get whoever he wants, um, whether that's true or not. Uh, I don't know, but um, I still think if you look at a talent, uh, look at clubs by talent, we're top three or four in the West. Um, it's just not getting results do you okay so this is i want to open this up a little bit to 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 both both fan bases here obviously we've made a lot of signings that have those connections and jacob you brought it up the familiar familiarity guys who have played in and around each other or with zach or with troy or been in you know been in the charleston battery system before you guys who are familiar with that do you think that's a detriment to what United is wanting to do, or do you think that it's something that United can use to build off of going forward? They can build off of it because this is his first year. So as much as, Hey, the results haven't, haven't came, you know, came through it's year one. Um, You know, I would expect New Mexico to, to, you know, make even a, a bigger step next year personally. Yeah. And I think that's something that, a lot of people in the fan base are yes. I mean, so let me, let me phrase. I think the fan base is aware that it's year one, but we're this isn't the premier league. This isn't MLS. This isn't La Liga. This isn't, you know, top tier soccer. Like this is not a, you know, we're expecting, expecting to go to, you know, club world cup and guys are, guys are calling for coaches heads, you know, in their first year of their contract when you're in a playoff position. So, but, but for me personally, I feel like, yes, it's a good jumping off point. And yes, you know, I think having that familiarity helps, but I think that, you know, bringing in someone like Edamar is going to help expand those horizons. We've seen it with Ratty, who's been fantastic in the time that, that he's gotten on the pitch, but I think we're kind of limiting ourselves to the, in, in the, in the sense that, We've got guys who are so familiar that we're that Zach isn't spreading his wings a little bit to try to bring in guys from from Mexico, from other areas that may be more talented than what we have now. So is that a he's not trying or we're not getting them? Uh I, I don't think it's either of those. I think it's we've seen Edmar's reach already. We've mm-hmm. seen it with guys like, you know, again, Ratty and Carl and Carl. And, and God, God, I, I, I was so upset about the, about the Sainty loan. Like I, I did not like that at all because with the issues with the midfield issues we've had, I felt like Sainty is a guy that could have stepped in and did that. But 
I feel like there's just there's such a focus on on U.S. players, U.S.-based players that were not necessarily reaching as far as we could be yeah. to bring in other players. It's almost like limiting your scope. You're like so hyper focused on like a certain, and if it's if it's uh, you're not expanding your horizons, you're not looking outside the box. It well, makes it, sense. Yeah, it's the U.S. and Jamaica. I mean, we we love our Jamaican strikers <laughs> over here. Uh, Ours is South America. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'd I mean, argue that the South American players are better than the Jamaican players. That's just me, and, and that's and, and that may be a little bit homerish because I've seen South American players come into Atlanta United and do extremely well. But there are so many untapped markets out there, and there's so many opportunities to bring in international players that because we don't have we don't have all those stupid rules that MLS has, you know, like bring well, we the some. guys. We have some, we, yes, but we have some. The whole COVID stuff, like, kind of put a damper on, like, the it, – it's delayed a lot of, like – even Kamiri took a long time to get over here because mm-hmm. the visa stuff was, like, an issue this year. Yeah. I remember Raddy, that being a huge problem. Yeah, Raddy was the same way. Raddy Avuka, he didn't get here until two <laughs> days last, before the last preseason game. So I said last week at camp, yeah. Yeah, so it it's an issue. I, I think <laughs> – I also think part of it, um, as fans, we uh, – for New Mexico United in particular, uh, we're looking at teams like Lou City and and San Antonio and Phoenix, not so much this year, uh, which I love, by the way, um, and, and think that that we're at their level already, which I know Lou City came in and took the league by storm when they came in um, right away, but but we we are we're not Lou City for one and. We, we're a club that that peter talked about last year i mean peter wasn't a soccer guy um he ended up hiring a guy who uh, had never been a head coach in peter or uh, in troy um and and i mean me and seth can kind of speak to it that first year uh everything was a shit show at times um from getting into the stadium to getting media passes to the access for media um i mean nobody knew what they were doing and that while it seems like a lifetime ago uh for many of us i mean we've had we've had one kid we're pregnant with another kid we've moved twice uh we are going through a pandemic or we went through a pandemic still kind of going through a pandemic uh, adopted pregnant? it yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, thanks. Uh, I thought I could slip that through, but now you just had to call me out on it. Um, and, and so you you think, oh man, we've been a club forever. Uh, but that wasn't that long ago that this league started literally from, or this club literally started from thin air. Um, and so to, it's good to have that uh, we should be a championship contender mentality. Uh, but also we need to take a step back sometimes and be like, all right, guys, here's, here's the reality of it. Uh, we've been a club for four years. We've made great strides in those four years. Um, one of those years was a year that nobody in this lifetime has ever really seen, uh, with COVID and everything that went down for it. Um, we don't have our own stadium yet. We have another first year head coach as our second head coach in history. Let's just like, relax a little bit and just kind of enjoy uh the fact that we have a team that we love that we were able to root for um that being said when we lose to san if 
San Antonio three uh, nothing, I will be pissed and won't talk to anybody for at least a couple hours. I, I think that's a fair assessment, and you know, obviously, before we get into our our predictions for for this week, I mean, Harry, what's gone well for San Antonio this year? I mean, obviously, you know, they've they've gotten the the ugly results, they've gotten the good looking results, and you and I talked earlier earlier this season. We talked early last season too. And, and I called it last year. I said San Antonio is a lot better than what people are giving them credit for. And we talked about this year. San Antonio is better than what people are giving them credit for because of, you know, they're not pretty results, but they're getting results. And so, I mean, has it been Marcina? Has it been the players? Has it, you know, what is, what has been the driving factor between, uh, for San Antonio's success this year? It's gotta be Marcina. You know, the, the player, the players, the players are doing what they have to do on, on the pitch and they performed really, really well. Um, but to me, Marcin has pulled, you know, has made almost every move correctly. There's only been, I think one or two games where we've questioned kind of, Hey, what, what kind of lineup are you putting out? What, what, what kind of tactics were you doing? Um, He's getting buy-in though from the players. Buy-in, yeah. like they'll fill that role. They'll play this role, that role, whatever they tell them. Yeah, but it, it it's him. And then part two, um, getting far on the emergency loan last year. I, that can't be understated on how big. God, that was the best. How, how big that's been, you know? Because he came here for the playoffs. Yeah. You know, he fell in love with the area you know, for that here and um, in, in kind of a weird thing where we saw, had three starting goalkeepers at one point and then, and then we were down to, hey, just far. To me, him coming in, I, I hate to say it, changed changed everything, you know, you know for, you know, for San Antonio FC because last year, and I, I made this comment here, and I know Matt Cardone's a favorite, but he's, when you looked at the lineup from, from SAFC last year, most of it was MLS talent with the exception of goalkeeper. I think this year we have a MLS talented goalkeeper. He hasn't got the shot yet, but I think anybody that's paying attention thinks he has to at least get an invite to camp to see if he, you know, see if he can make the opportunity to, to make that step up, which, you know, a, a, as a, as a fan, you, you know, it's, it's one of those love hate things where, <laughs> But for a player to be able to move up, you know, whether it's overseas uh, to Europe or to MLS, where you know where you get that bigger contract and, and you know possibly life changing money, and I know that's kind of hard to say in soccer, but when when you get that ability to, to move up, that's something that you have to have to do. Uh, no, uh, don't say that again. No, I don't say. That like Keys are better. The other guy he left over there, the Portland, or, or is it Montreal or whoever? That was the other guy. He was pretty solid. El Paso. Oh, um, Ketterer, Logan Ketterer. Ketterer. I say Keith Ketterer. That's the wrong guy. That's, that's, yeah, the, guy the, that's, that's the guy with the horrible team. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys had that with. Uh... Don't, don't let Chris Weehan bring his hand back out here. Okay? Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Never forget. We don't forget. <laughs> but you guys had that what, last year with, I think it's Cody Mizell, right? And I know he came back oh, yeah. for a couple of matches this year where it's one of those, it's one of those things that it's awesome to see him go and, and get the opportunity, but it, it, it stings, it, it stings, you know, on, you know, 
Yeah, he had that chance with NYCFC, and obviously he didn't get any minutes, uh, to my knowledge, with NYCFC. However, I mean, he has an MLS championship ring. You know, and it's that chance of being in those trainings with him. And yeah, it was nice to see him come back. You know, I, you know, I thought maybe that wasn't the best idea uh, with a guy like Ben Burry still out there. I'm still a part of the Ben Burry fan club. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's Cody getting those opportunities. And I think it's not just with, you know, for New Mexico United. It's an entire USL league thing that we're able to produce talent like this. Um, I'm going to throw out a name, Matt Turner, goalkeeper for Arsenal. Started in, well, I don't think it was the USL, but started with Richard Pickard. No, he started in the USL at one point. Yeah, he was in there. Are we allowed to claim Dane Sinclair? Yeah. Yeah. He played there for three games before he got called back up. Because the other guy got hurt. Oh, the two preseason, and he looked awful in the preseason. That's but but it, it's that talent. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's seen that talent you know, grow since that year one. I mean, uh, David Ochoa is a name that comes to mind too. Um, with with all those all those goals he gave up against us at you know in Albuquerque. Every time I see him, all I think of Vald is five one in favor of New Mexico. Um, you know, it's seen guys like David Ochoa. Um, you know, I can't remember. Uh, there's there's a few gentlemen for FC Dallas that played in that U.S. Open Cup match against us that are doing oh, quite well, if I do say so myself. Yeah, Ferrara. Um, uh, oh, guy, we played against him in the preseason. Yeah, Ferrara and know, the other dude. God, it, what's his name? It, it's seen that talent, and yes, it was MLS, but it's seen that we're you know the USL is a league that really shouldn't be challenged. I mean, I hate to use this example, Diego Luna. Um, Real I'm sorry, but Ludo's done nothing. He's done nothing there. I don't know, man. I've I've watched him a couple times. He's he he comes in off the bench and and for being a kid still uh, has held his own. He's I mean, 40. He has a, what are you talking yeah, about? That, that's yeah, that's what I that's what I always say, <laughs> dude. He's like Danny Amante. He he uh, <laughs> for the he's little league. Yeah, he's that he's 18. <laughs> he's yeah, he's that dude from uh, from Bench Warmers. Yeah, uh, he's, he's 18. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. But but it's seen the talent the USL is able to produce. Yeah, I know he's my age. I don't even have a freaking tattoo. This is some BS, man. Uh, and we're we're leaving out um, uh, somebody that's that's near and dear to I imagine two of the people on this podcast heart. Uh, Jose Gallegos uh, transferred to Europe and and at the time was a record fee and. And that at the time, I mean, even now, I mean, that was a huge, huge move for USL and, and for San Antonio. And yeah, he's a good kid. And so you look at stuff like that, and it's it's a uh, it's yet another reason why why the hell are we so old? Uh, talking about <laughs> New Mexico United uh, and, and their players. Um, we and that's why I struggle on trying to find why Navit, and I know he's injured right now, but why he wasn't part of the the offense more. Well, um, well. So I, we we found out there was a a non soccer related issue yeah. that was keeping him off the pitch. We don't know what it was. We we haven't heard any details, um, but that's why he was missing for a large chunk of the season. There it was a non soccer related issue. Well, and I have to. So so he came on. He looked great, and then the Birmingham match, uh, he got. 
bodied off the ball every time he was on it. And Birmingham played a style where they didn't give him the space to get his speed, to utilize his speed and quickness um, in any way, shape or form. And it was shortly, it, it might've been right after that match that he kind of sat for a few matches. He was on the bench, but he sat for a few matches uh, before he got another chance. And, and so while I love Nava and, and what he can bring in certain moments, uh, you watch him play teams that aren't going to be as wide open and he wasn't nearly as effective seeing as he's like five, four, five, five, like a buck 10, um, yeah, like a physical dripping team. wet, yeah, like yeah. a physical team. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he just, he, he's not yet. You look at like Diego Luna. I know, I know. Um, but if he really is 19, uh, he's, <laughs> he's, he's built like a fucking brick. Um, yeah, so what was that yeah, baseball so, player years ago that forced his, uh, Danny Almonte. Almonte. Danny Almonte. Yeah, Almonte. That's yeah. A little, yeah. For the little league world series. Yeah. <laughs> he was like two years older than they said. <laughs> and, <laughs> people, and people think Albert Pujols has done it. <laughs> yeah, he did yeah. too. What would be surprised? And I personally, I think, uh, just watching, um, dead puppies all the time. Like Earl said, uh, just, uh, just makes your face a little harder and, and, and uh, and makes you look a little older. Uh, Robert's face right now is priceless. Uh, I mean, right? Wait, what? Episodes. I'm trying to. I'm trying to figure out this is going. I, I guess. You, I guess you, <laughs> you missed those episodes. I missed that uh, part. Your <laughs> your your uh, favorite podcast host that's not here tonight um, says that uh, Diego Luna looks the way he does because he grew up seeing puppies die. Um, God, that is brutal. Yeah, that's kind of morbid. This. Hey, Diego Luna's my age. That's why, and but would you look older if you would just watch Dead Puppies all the time? I think you would. So you Earl might, might be onto something. I don't know. You might have thirty tattoos by eighteen. Yeah, I mean one for every puppy that he watched. <laughs> uh, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> so, so, so you look Go at people like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's horrible. That's horrible. <laughs> Not good. So, so you look at like Diego Luna's body build, and and then compare it to Nava's. And that's why Diego Luna is getting a chance uh, because he still has most of the speed and quickness that Nava does, but he can take a bump and keep on going. He can get around somebody that's trying to put a body on him and, and Nava just can't do that. Um, so, so while there was some non-soccer issues going on and then the injury now, um, a lot of it is he's just not quite built for every style of play. And then I think you, yeah, I think you can say that That's about a lot of different players too. Um, speaking of taking bumps, obviously we've spent a lot of time talking about Yuma in the past. We talked about Keith Svetter earlier in the episode. Who's the guy for San Antonio that can take a bump and, and draw that call? PC. What are you talking about? No, he's the guy that administers that. <laughs> he's not the guy that takes it. <laughs> no, oh. he, yeah, he doesn't he, take it. Yeah, he's a he, he, he doesn't flop like Yuma, but he's close. Piranos the probably probably the one that that's came back that's you know will get contact and fall down. Patino. Um, Patino's way better at it. He's chippy. He's gonna look for it. Yeah, you'll see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he he likes pretty, he likes to fight. <laughs> you have really Patino does. and Sandoval. <laughs> he really does. He doesn't. Yeah. yeah Patino and Sandoval. That would be you know. <laughs> he doesn't back down. That's the problem. To a fault. But no, the the one who's going to draw the fouls is is going to be, 
you know, is is going is, is going to be Pirano. Um, PC PC Abu will be instigators. Um, the back line, you know, for San Antonio, obviously, because they're big and physical. Um, not afraid to put a body on somebody. But I see someone knock our dinner in down. Nobody knocks him down. That dude's like a brick house. <laughs> that dude is, yeah, he's he's built. That's the, that's the thing with SAFC. The, the yeah, forwards, they're they're tall, they're thick, um, and yeah, it's good good luck trying to body them out along those lines. But to to me to me the key for this match is you know, and you guys have already handed out it. It's going to be the midfield who can control the midfield. Um, and don't let us score first. Don't let us score first. <laughs> let us score. It goes. It goes down south for everybody. You, we score well, first. <laughs> that that puts us in ugly. a pickle. That it puts us ugly. in a pickle. <laughs> because if we score first, we're not feeling it. Because yeah. we 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 don't do well scoring first. But then we also but, don't do well playing from behind. So well, no. And we saw we saw what happens when San Antonio scores we're first. We're also be very disappointed. <laughs> Don't you, Probably. The only time San Antonio's lost this year is when they haven't scored. That's it's, it's that simple of a fact. If San Antonio scores, they've yet to lose. And they, they become blowouts. Like it's it's crazy because we can't come from behind and we we hyper press and then we just give up shit. It, it opens it, up the field. If if a team gets up 2-0, you can you know like against uh, loyal, you know, in, in true we were in Phoenix. Phoenix was a little bit dumb. the first match in Phoenix, <laughs> the first match in Phoenix, you know, we had one forward. Um the second match, you know, we, we just couldn't, you know, we couldn't finish. It was one of those one of those matches where if you go back and watch it, you'd be like, How did San Antonio not, you know, at least get something from it? But to me, it's it's you know, being in at Toyota Field, we know it's gonna be a tight, we know it's gonna be physical, we know New Mexico is gonna fall down on the ground. Um, you know, like I said here, it's, it's... <laughs> you know, there'll be a few handballs that no one calls. Okay, so... that, that <laughs> the, the, the big thing is our humidity. No, sombrero man. No, <laughs> we have a home field advantage, it's called heat and humidity. The humidity, I believe you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You should yeah. see the, the Oakland players, they're like keeling over. <laughs> well, uh, well it, it, it brings up the comment about the altitude of Roro. I mean, we, we just played Roro... in. Roro looking into Jacob's eyes and saying, I effing hate this place. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we did just play in, in, you know, down in RGV last weekend. So I think we should be okay with the humidity. Yeah. Nothing as bad as Minnesota in July, though. That was, that was tough. Go play in Atlanta in August. You know what? No one cares about Atlanta. I hate to say it. No one does. Yeah, why do you keep bringing them up? The honeymoon phase is over. I what happened to Joseph Martinez? You know, your your stud player. What, what's going on with him? If if we want to keep talking about Atlanta, yeah, we've had a lot of it. In, in, <laughs> All uh, I'm saying is that an Atlanta San Jose game would a be the nil-nil draw, and everyone would be. So sad. what happened to him again? Not about the injuries. What happened to him? You're dodging the question. Joseph, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I mean, he, he, he came back the Braves this season. If, well, let's not talk so about what Atlanta happened to United. him. Atlanta Braves this season. And then be like, well, aren't they behind the New York Mets? You're like, well, let's not talk about Half them. Atlanta Hawks is really good this year. Half a game. He, he can't talk about the Falcons because their season's already over after I'm they sorry, took who? away the first first week. Who? The Falcons. You know, you know, your number one team. Yeah. Who? 
<laughs> Sorry, I, I don't I don't who know that? who that? Who that? Yeah. <laughs> who that? Yeah. Who that indeed. Um no, I mean Atlanta United's obviously dealt with a lot of injuries this year. Joseph Martinez has not been the same since he came back from his ACL tear, uh, which I think is to be expected from from a lot of guys, mm-hmm. unless you're Adrian Peterson. Um but yeah, a lot of lot of issues there in Atlanta. Car- Carlos Bocanegra has to go. Um but yeah, I mean Looking at this weekend, uh, New Mexico United and San Antonio FC. I mean, New Mexico has done pretty well down down in San Antonio. A two win, two wins, two losses, no draws on the road down there, including a playoff victory. Um, Was it really a playoff victory? I still yes. don't know. No. I still don't know why. <laughs> what happened was. What happened was <laughs> I, I still don't know why our goal was wiped Let's off. Watch the and tape then right now. And there's a handball, definitive. I don't care. It's what not you definitive. Do. Dude, <laughs> dude, everybody knows. Everybody. You see, the way my bank account set up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, United has done pretty well down there and in a very difficult place to play. And San Antonio, obviously, this year, I mean, killing everybody no matter where they are, but obviously very good at home. Um you know, Harry, you point out in the midfield as being the key to the match. Is there any particular matchup that you're looking at in terms of like player on player? And Robert, same question to you. To me, it's about who can be cre- who who can be creative in the midfield uh, for here. And I know San Antonio likes to counter and go and 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 go up with the boo and PC, you know, throwing those darts out. Um, but I think this is the match where maybe Pirano can can make a little bit of difference with his his attacking drives going in, into the box. Um, for there for you know for New Mexico, I, I don't. It, it depends. It depends. It depends on who they have. Uh, you know, what, uh, is it Pareto is is the is the guy that probably they have to look out for. But I don't know if there's we we hand we hand always um, magically is is the best player on the field. Um, but, uh, was it, yeah, Justin, uh, Portillo to me, he's, 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 he's the key. Cause I, you know, I don't, I don't know if Chris has got another all, uh, all USL game in, in, in at this point. It's this who matches up with the dinner and like, there's been games where like he is non-existent all of a sudden, but there's some games where he's just on. So if someone can control him, I mean, whoever's defending him needs to really put in a, uh, a big effort because he's going to create chances and he's a big guy. And uh, if they can just cut down a boo distributing to him or any of those players in the central mid, that's going to be epic for them. Cause I'm like I said, there's been a couple games like Sacramento and a couple where he just was literally like, you couldn't, he, was he even playing? You couldn't tell, but there's been some where he's just hitting the post repeatedly or scoring goals. So if you can shut him down. That's big for y'all. Don't let us score first. That's a big thing. <laughs> so I, I've tried to watch. I've tried to watch San Antonio a, a fair amount this season because obviously it, it's it's a big matchup either way. You guys picked up your first win against us in Albuquerque this year. First um, time, yeah, first time for, to win in Albuquerque. I should I should yeah. say um, my first trip. They get a win, so I just gotta yeah, make sure go. I make the. We're trip. going next year. We're going next <laughs> year now. Allowed. Uh, <laughs> Let's go ahead again. We're going every year. Uh, so tell me a little bit about Adenarin. How does he like to play? You know, obviously he's listed as a forward, but you know, how does he play in terms of San Antonio's scheme? He's always like uh, one of the target men for those long balls. It's just uh, our biggest offense is like causing a turnover and then instantly like one two passes and we're upfield. 
they like to just put the pressure on you instantly. And he's one of the big point men because he's so huge and he's a lot faster and quicker than you realize. And he has a wicked left foot. And one thing that we brought up is like, we finally have a forward that's going to shoot from outside the 18. Our biggest thing in the early season was just like all our goals were inside the box. He is not afraid to rip it from the outside. And it, 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 it can be wicked. You do not leave him open. It's a, it's a tough uh, ask for someone to guard him because he's physical, strong. He has all the attributes. He's slightly inconsistent sometimes. That's the only thing. And the only problem I have with him, sometimes he has a tendency to track too far back because they're expecting him to play a little bit of defense, and then he's not up there when the attack is already ready to go. But if he's if he's not needed to do that, gosh, he becomes ultra dangerous, ultra dangerous. Jacob, uh, Carlos, let's, let's ask you guys. Going the other way, obviously, big match for New Mexico United. The the margins that our club has is getting quite narrow. We're only six points above the playoff line at this point, and we're only ten points ahead of Phoenix somehow. Uh, five matches to go. Obviously, the the first question is how big is this match on Saturday? Is there a chance that United walks away with a win? And what's your who's your player to watch? Well, every time I think of playing in San Antonio, obviously the playoff match comes to mind. However, um, a match that comes to mind that still keeps me up at night was that absolute demolishment uh, are in year one for New Mexico. I think it was five five nil in San Antonio. That's why when you read the stats of how well we're doing there, I was like, wait a minute. Toronto scored twice in that game, by the way. You know what? And Chris Weehan scored. <laughs> <in play. laughs> I just got it. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to throw that out there. But, uh, it, you know, it's – I have a lot of respect for San Antonio. I have especially a lot of respect for Jordan Farr. I hope he does freaking amazing. He's my favorite opposing goalkeeper. Um, just for the fact that – during that match, he was talking to the fans and just being one of the nicest humans on earth and even came over to the stands and talked with us after. Um, so it's really hard to root against that guy, but I have to on Saturday. Uh, a guy that for San Antonio that always comes up is uh, our, our dear friend PC, uh, who loves, you know, uh, and I've watched San Antonio quite a bit uh, these past few years. However, it seems like there's a different switch when he plays New Mexico United in which he takes the game more personal. Why? I don't know, but it just seems that PC takes more advantage. And exactly what you said too about the battle of the midfield, really, really we made the joke that we play a 505 um, because there is no midfield at times and it's frustrating. Do I think we can get away with three points? The optimistic fan of me says yes. However, I would be beyond satisfied with one point from a club like San Antonio, who, you know, it's, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for you guys to get the supporter shield and the one seat so that we don't have to see you guys later in the playoffs uh, because of that curse as Robert brought it up. But it a one point in, one point in San Antonio, I think, is – better than what happened in RGB. I think anything can be better than that, hopefully. Um, a very good competitive game, but it's also playing to each other's weaknesses of, do you want to take the lead or do you want to take the lead? Do you want to have the lead? I felt like that happened a lot in Albuquerque too until that penalty was that was outside the box, by the way. Um, admitted by Jordan Farr that it was outside the box. 
you know, he was just it, being nice. He was being nice. <laughs> he's a nice guy. He really is. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's, there's going to be a lot of flip-flopping. I feel like I think a one, one draw would be satisfactory for, I think a lot of United fans, um, except for maybe one that I can think of that's going to call for Zach Prince's head, no matter what happens. Uh, Cole. No, no, we're not talking. I'm not talking about Cole. I'm talking about a, a certain LAFC fan who shall not be Tito. <laughs> I love yeah, Tito, Tito. Would too. Yeah. I love you, Tito. But, Tito's uh, my boy, but he's dead wrong about about and, Romario and Zach. Uh, I have no comment. Yeah. Um, I like my press pass. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think a one-one draw in San Antonio, given our mm. history down there, given the matchup given your guys' point in the standings, would be huge right now at this point in the season for United. Get some a bit closer to that playoff berth and where we don't have to rely on other teams to help us out, which is beyond frustrating. Seth, I believe part of the question was, uh, how big is this game? Was that mm-hmm. was that correct? Okay. Uh, I, I don't think it's that big. Uh, I mean, obviously, in the, the, the big picture, it is. Uh, but... It, you cannot, as a rational fan, you cannot expect to go into San Antonio and come away with three points. Um, <laughs> so wait, wait, this is when do we have rational fans? What, do, fan. what are you talking about? It's right. like Raider Nation. It's yeah. there's there's two modes, and it's n- neither it's, one or it's, it's on top of the world or the sky is falling. Right? It's it's we're yeah. winning the Super Bowl. Well, if you're, well, Super if you're a Cowboys Bowl. fan, your season's already done. So yeah, like wind speed, full throttle. Yeah, <laughs> and so. <laughs> looking at this match, I'm not like if we go in there and get demolished, um, that's one thing. Uh, if we go in there and maybe have a two or three goal lead and squander it, that's another thing. Uh, but if we go in there, we put up a valid effort, we come away, you know, two, one, one nil loss. Uh, um, I'm not going to be, uh, too upset about it. Uh, if we go in there and get any result, whether it's a draw or a win, uh, I'm on top of the world. Uh, to me, looking at the playoffs, um, yes, we're only six points out, uh, but uh, one of the teams right behind us is El Paso, who we have two matches in hand on, um, and and we've got I'm not going to say winnable games because at this point, who the fuck knows uh, with with us? Uh, but but we do have a lights uh, matchup that doesn't. Uh, put the same amount of fear as going to San Antonio in me uh, does. Uh, we host LA Galaxy, same thing. Not a not quite the fear level there. Uh, we do go to San Diego, um, and then and then we you know we finish up with with Colorado Springs here. Um, so this one, if we could go and get a point, that does huge wonders for my psyche, uh, and I think the team psyche going into this final four games. Um, but also if we go in there and, and lose in a, in a semi-close match, I'm not going to be, um, thinking the season's over. In fact, um, if you look at the talent that we have, if we can get a couple guys back, the, as all of us here know, the USL playoffs are a fucking crapshoot, uh, when it comes to one and done. Yes. Um, so it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if we limp into the playoffs uh, maybe win that last game against Colorado Springs to make it in and then go on a run. Uh, we have, 
we have the talent that can do that. It's a matter of if we have the mindset that can do that. And, and that's yet to be seen, but you have teams like RSL that first year that we came into the league, um, just got hot at the right time and, and ended up winning it. So it, it's not impossible. Orange uh, County last year is prime. Or, yeah. Yeah. yeah or, Orange or, County or, 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 or against Oakland. I didn't think could be stopped. Uh, yeah. And, but, but what you mentioned about the Las Vegas lights match that doesn't strike fear into you, that's how I, know, I, I about Rio Grande Valley. Well, but they're say, a different animal. They're a different animal. Like the yeah. lights are like way up, way down. Galaxy, way up, way down. You just never know. Yeah. RGB's actually Galaxy, trying to be decent. Like, yeah, there are a Galaxy match two one or was that? Yeah, a, I can't remember. In Galaxy, the first dirty, one, dirty fuckers, all the first over. one, but we lost <laughs> the whole team. No, it was it was a draw. It was a draw. It was two two. It was a draw. Oh yeah, um, it was two two. I, I don't uh, know. Everything just feels like a loss lately. Yeah, it, it just it, it's been. But we we talked about the RGV match last week, and it, it while we all predicted wins uh, handily, uh, we did acknowledge the fact that it was a tough place to go play. Um, whereas the lights, <laughs> it's it's not necessarily a tough place to go play; it's a weird place to go play. Our, and we biggest problem are wacky inflatable tube men and yeah. almost spitting at us on the pitch and the, kid, the kiddie pools and the mattresses and Canseco hitting softballs. Yeah, yeah <laughs> a lot of weird stuff going they on. Don't want to sit down. Canseco needle go up your butt. They're, you know, they're going to play at midnight. <laughs> In the midnight well, match. Are they oh, I, I forgot about that. <laughs> The money, the, the money dropping from the helicopter. Yeah, Las Vegas is just a weird place to watch a soccer match. By the way, fun fact, little fun fact: uh, the Oakland Athletics actually used to play at that stadium for a few years uh, before they converted into soccer specific. So, uh, so Jacob's looking at me like he doesn't care. Yeah, I know. I can the, see it projected on your forehead, like breaking news. I don't yeah, care, yeah. and. Part of it. <laughs> don't, don't take that, Jacob. That's <laughs> <laughs> <Our> pass revoked. <laughs> That's funny. Anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I think, and we, I thought you were going to bring up the uh, shellacking that the lights put on us in Las Vegas in year one. Was that five um, one, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah that so was, that was a brutal so, one. I mean, it's it's not a guaranteed win by any means, but um, it's not this match. This match uh, coming up on Saturday. Um, I'm just not sure if anybody should be feeling like we're going to go in there and get three points. I'm sure there's some fans out there that, uh, uh, will, will call for, for a whole new roster and ownership, uh, if we do lose it, but, um, <coughs> uh, cool. <coughs> cool. Like, like I said, a one, one draw in San Antonio would be an unbelievable result for New Mexico. I think you, you, you got to look at that match, obviously wanting three points, um, because if you go into a match just wanting one point, that's really going to shoot yourself. Yeah. But, uh, but as a fan, I can do that. Oh, of course. A 1-1 draw, I think, is freaking golden right now to San Antonio FC, who is just riding high. Like I said, all kudos to you guys. I really do respect you guys. However, God, I do want to kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> it, it happens. Yeah. 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 Saturday is Saturday is definitely going to be interesting. It's going to be a fun match to watch. Uh, you guys know that we close out our our weekly discussions every every show with that scoreline prediction. Earl sent his in to Jacob and myself earlier. Earl predicted a minimum three 0 loss to San Antonio uh, on Saturday evening. 
Um, Earl is dead to me, by the way, with that prediction. That's harsh, though. Like, we don't score three goals very often. That's, that's not a commonplace for us. <laughs> hey, Earl, go fix my car for me. Oh, wait. <laughs> So uh, let's uh, let's go around the horn. We'll start with Jacob. We'll go with Robert, and we'll go around from there. Uh, guys, I want to get your scoreline predictions for a Saturday evening. Uh, 2-1. Which way? 2-1. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I – look, <laughs> I, I just gave a huge long spiel about uh, not going in there, expected to win, but I'll be damned if I'm going to predict San Antonio to win. So 2-1 uh, us. All right, Robert, let's throw it over to you. Yeah, that you stole my two one, but I'm gonna go in a different direction, and uh, the winning goal is gonna be like a handball by our dinner in Patini or one of those guys is gonna pay you back. <laughs> we're gonna get a handball, and we're gonna pretend like it didn't happen, like Jacob does. It wasn't. <laughs> and we're gonna say there's no definitive angle. This hat was going. I've already like memorized all the lines on the tagline. Okay, I gotta ask, will, will it be? Okay. Will it be, be like Asante an Asante who like hit it in the goal? <laughs> I hope so. I hope it's that egregious to where like Jacob is just beside himself. He's going to explode. And I'm be like, there's no definitive angle. That punch, <laughs> it was a natural motion. <laughs> he like, you just see him go like this and knock it in. Oh, no. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. I thought we were playing volleyball. I was looking that way. I, just, <laughs> I turned around and we were winning. <laughs> All right. So, bro, man, score line Saturday night. I'm going to pull a Terry on me here and say 1-1. 1-1. right. Harry? You guys are all wrong. There's been only one match out of the eight, out of the eight times we played that's had both teams score. Mm-hmm. One match. And that was October of last year. 4-2 uh, New Mexico win there. So, And if you look at the matches, really outside of a couple of matches, they haven't been close. So... I'm going to say 2-0 San Antonio. I, I just, I, I, you know, history says teams don't, both teams do not score this ma- in this match. I, you know, I think that makes a whole lot of sense. You know, I, I thought about this a lot today, especially after Earl gave his prediction. And and uh, I kind of wanted to pay homage to Jacob here a little bit and go 5-0 San Antonio. Um, just to kind of you know, put the juju the other way, you know, because Jake, every time Jacob predicts five nil for us, we lose. Um, no, 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 <laughs> I've only predicted five nil once, and we did the, win that game. I've predicted four nil, barely lot. against the Red Bulls. <laughs> oh, god, that game, <laughs> barely. <laughs> it was, uh, I remember that you said, five <laughs> <There> you go. <laughs> thank god we didn't need that penalty. Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> so, what, um, so what are you actually going to do, Seth? Uh, so, I, I thought about this, and, and really, it, it's San Antonio is a tough place to play. Toyota Field's tough. San Antonio's got a, you guys have Jordan Farr in the goal. Your defense has been has been really good this season. One of the best defenses in the league. Twenty two goals allowed. I think Farr saving something like seventy six percent of his shots, somewhere right around there. And we don't finish well. We haven't all season, uh, especially outside of the Phoenix Rising match. Uh, 2-0 San Antonio. I mean, it's... it's yeah. And I'm not going to lie to you, that scares the crap out of me because everybody on the USL show went San Antonio. They're locking um, in everything. Jacob down like, is, yeah, is going like, San Antonio 2-1. He ooh. just can't admit it. No, um, I'm really not. Yeah, this you is, are. We, we know. We game. know. This is the game that we figured out offensively 
for the first time in three seasons. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's going to happen tomorrow or Saturday night. And uh, and I, for one, I'm going to be happy to show San Antonio as the frauds that they actually are. All right. On the heels of that, I got to ask. So earlier this season, Phoenix won one match and people were saying, oh, it's the second coming of Phoenix Rising. Phoenix is back. Is one loss by San Antonio really make them frauds? I think they've been frauds all season. I've been screaming it all uh, yeah, season. Yeah, you literally have said they're not. As Did good you as not see the Nicholas, they went over and over and over? <laughs> Did you not see the Nicholas Murray power rank? Or was it the uh, no, not the power rankings? The the weekend review. I'm over that guy. He was all so like, San Diego just you know played great, blah blah blah. In San Antonio, they were underwhelming. Um, you know. They're about to win the league. All season. That's the Get problem is like so many people are worried about like the scoreline. Like they want fireworks. One is more than zero. That is <laughs> it's, a, it's just like that's the key. You look at the stat line. They, they The other team had two shots on goal. It's, <laughs> the it's whole not... game, you, it's like literally it's like a it's like a bow constrictor. We score and then you do not even shoot on the goal. It's, it's not like the. <laughs> it's, it's ugly. I... I'm not saying you're frauds because you're not winning like three or four nil. I'm saying you're frauds because I've watched the games and I'm just like, how the fuck is this team doing it? It's so aggravating. It's Everybody, so aggravating that you guys are figuring out ways to get results. And then we come out and play better finish. than half the teams we play. Can and can't get and we can't does no. not make them frauds. No, just we'll, because we'll, they can do what we can frauds. does not make them frauds. frauds. We'll have three shots on goal, two goals. <laughs> it's like efficiency. Like I we'll, like that's we'll, that's we'll a different. Ten shots on goal. We'll have ten shots on goal. Forty-seven percent, yeah. and we will lose to one. Well, no, you guys will Actually, have we'll probably 53, 54. So the, this the the problem with San Antonio, New Mexico. Neither team likes the ball. It's gonna be hot potato. This, all that. This so is gonna be one where no. Here, let me let me. San Antonio will play kickball. Kick it back over to, to New Mexico. Hey, bring it back up. And and but yeah, it's. To me, if San Antonio gets that early goal um and and shakes the confidence of, of New Mexico, it could be it could be a long night. Um, uh n- newsflash, Harry, we have no confidence. <laughs> so um <laughs> I all you have to do is look at us wrong and and, and we'll be shaken. And and of course we both know this. The 75th minute, we'll be done. We're dead. There, there, there is a third unit that is on the pitch that could uh, make a deciding factor in this here. And uh, so that's always interesting to see how uh how that third third team on the field uh, performs and if they lean one way or another. Um but that's just USL. So they never lean right. our way though. So I think oh. a- wait a minute, let's talk about well, the playoffs and the handball. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> oh man, VAR. Okay, all right, here's the deal. Here's the deal. That game, you take out the one maybe call, maybe not, uh, on the handball, and it was it was fairly evenly refed. And Bullshit. Then if you look at, Bullshit. What are you talking about? San Antonio had scored right before that. Yes, it they took got took off the board wait, 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 by wait, wait, magically, no, who knows no, what? <laughs> they they okay. never clarified. But like Robert just said, like Robert just said, one's larger than zero. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm using words here. Just saying, and we got to go get our hearts broken in El Paso the next week. Okay. Now, to be, so to karma, be fair, karma came back. <laughs> to be fair, I was watching that match on a giant big screen in Santa Fe, so I didn't have the best view. However, 
uh, you know, I still think we would have won in penalties if if it would have been. No if it went to penalties, yeah, because that year San Antonio couldn't convert yeah, a penalty to the save their lives. So. That, yeah. That's not the case so much anymore, but yeah, at that time, but it's a good yeah. thing we don't have to think about that because we won fair and square, one nil. No, 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 <laughs> you no, won, no, no don't use the word fair. People. You won square. Like, let's take the fair out. <laughs> square one zero. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you're yeah, right. One, you're, is, one is more yeah. than zero. You win. Our, our only and and our you want to know what's funny good. is we, you know, this has been on what two hours? Uh, yeah, the, my, my MacBook's about to guy, die, guys. The, the, <laughs> nice. Ir, the Irvine City Council meeting, you know, for Orange County, they have yet to get to the Orange County situation because four they hours later. Because they don't want yes. to. They're a bunch yes. of cowards, is what they are. Yeah. yeah they're those, they're yeah, hoping the table it. They're hoping to delay it so long it gets tabled and then just worry yeah. about it later. <laughs> I, I think we should make a sign when we play Alley Galaxy saying, keep. OC and OC. Oh God, Galaxy! Just stay healthy in that game. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, watch out for for Harvey <laughs> and Zaldania. Both those guys. <laughs> They're the worst. This, this is a bunch They're of the worst. I I I I know I'm wearing an RSL hat, but I am actually an Earthquakes fan. I just like the hat. I like the design. So I've always grown up hating Alley Galaxy, and especially Landon Donovan's stupid forehead, which is a lot larger than Jacob's. Uh, but just saying, <laughs> maybe not my mother, I'll leave you with this. I think Jacob knows more about coaching than Landon Donovan does. I'll just leave it at that. If, if you ever watch him on the, if you ever watch him on the sideline, it isn't Landon Donovan that's coaching. It's Nate Miller that's coaching the coaching the oil on game day. Donovan is there because of his name. Yeah, no, and he goes in the press conferences dropping f bombs. That's all he does. Like afterwards, like we got fucking cheated. And blah 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 blah. I thought that was. I thought that was. I thought that was Rick. I miss Rick. <laughs> the used car salesman. I miss Rick. Rick. Well, well, yo. Speaking of speaking of Rick and his previous team, um, him being gone hasn't magically solved all their problems either, has it? Like uh, no. And I think Oakland took care of the Longier situation. Pretty pretty well this past. How, Harry, how's your how's your boy uh, Vanderplas doing? Uh, I haven't haven't heard much from him uh, since the firing of Rick. He's uh, like most rising fans, uh, probably a little bit shell shocked. Um, I still talk to him quite a bit, but yeah, it just he's been awfully quiet for me too. It, it, it's it's hard to talk trash when they beat us twice. Yeah, they beat us twice. That's another problem. It's like I can't say anything. I was like, Ugh, I want to. Uh, no, no, <laughs> I want to say a lot. <laughs> look at, at least we didn't lose to New Mexico. Look at the season that they're having. You can talk shit. Yeah, no, <laughs> you, I know. After, but they beat us twice, dude. They're the team that like just has our number for some reason. They beat us five zero in the two matches. Yeah, like so the matches weren't even close. It makes we, no you, sense. You can we still talk shit. Look at <laughs> look at their season. Yeah, you're right. You can still do it. I mean, look to be fair, at. they are not out of the playoff hunt yet. No, look, they nobody, are. In, nobody in the Western Conference is. In Monterey Bay. They're not making the playoffs. I don't want Monterey Bay. Monterey Bay is the one you don't want. They look. That's the team that I like. They look right now? Yeah. I don't think I don't think Vegas hangs on because Trejo, Trejo got don't, signed to LAFC care. and he's actually playing there. I don't think the lights make it. Somewhere in Mexico. Galaxy I'm not too. sold on oh, El Paso making it because El Paso I don't doesn't think, make it. I, I don't. Does not make it. I just don't think you know. Yes, I, they're they're in a playoff position, but they've been fool's gold because they played two more matches than most teams. I, I can see, I can see this clip being used in a in a little <laughs> video by our friends over at USL Trash Talk 
of Jacob and Henry saying that. So I'm just not going to touch that subject. Anymore. Yeah, you got this. Don't Our worry. Buddy, I, I don't care. Throw something up there I don't care. That. They're not making the playoffs. They're not. All right. Yeah, I, I, I can see it now. I can see the video. I, I don't. I don't. I've already been on record saying I don't think they make the playoffs. I've, I said 10 games in when they had two games lead. They're fools gold in the standing. They've had. They've always been inflated by. They've played Norman. more matches. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, RGV, Monterey Bay, I think are the are the two teams that 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 move up. I, like I don't Monterey think Rising Bay. can be consistent. Oakland, Orange maybe. County, they and I, I hate Oakland. to say this, they feel a little bit Fresno-ish to me, where you know they got the bad news and they've just never they just never fired off this year, and it would not shock me, you know, because I don't. I don't think they're playing at Championship Park next year. Would not shock me if they have to take a year off to find another place, find another place to play, unless they play at Cal what Cal Fullerton, I think, is where they played at previous. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if if they have to sit if they have to sit a year. The um, Angels, but, the Angels might need it, someone to help pay rent there. So, so. <laughs> was it Fullerton or UC Irvine? I think it was Irvine. Irvine, I know it was at one of the one of the campuses there. So, but you figure what we're already what September, well, mid September. How are, how are they going to find a place to play, get it set up in time, you know, and get and get approved through USL uh, for that here? So, it wouldn't shock me, um, and I think that's why they're pushing the issue. Hey, we need to get a decision um, from Championship Park so they know so they know what to do. But they're, they're not going to gonna get that decision. They're just going to push it as not. far back as they can. They're, the, the Irvine City Council is just like what I've been dealing with my entire life with the Oakland City Council. Of, well, yeah, we want a stadium. However, uh, we'll talk about it in next month's meeting. And it's just it, it, I think that they're, they're going to get an answer. Uh, it's not going to be the answer that they want, but they're going to get an answer saying, hey, you know, we're, you know, we can't guarantee the, the stadium is what they're going to get. Which is a bunch of BS. It's, it's stupid. <laughs> the whole situation is just horrible. But to me, Monterey Bay, RGV, and I hate to say it, if I, I just don't think Rising can get their their act together. But I think Oakland, it's between those teams. Oakland is a, to me, Oakland's a team that might, that, that could make a run. I, I would have it, I would have it RGV. Monterey Bay, Oakland is my. Well, if you're taking team. two teams out, RGV, Monterey Bay, you know, because you know they're they're playing best form at, at this point. Oakland would be that 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 wild card, and I guess El Paso would would, would be that would be that wild card if if they can get a couple of results. But they play um, what LA Galaxy this week, um, but they get the benefit of no Judge and and no uh, Harvey. Um, both of those got red cards last match, so we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, this final few weeks are definitely going to be interesting. I mean, looking at it, I mean, yeah, Oakland's playing well right now. Monterey's playing well. RGV's playing well. And, you know, I agree with Harry. I mean, we've talked about it all season long. Like, to me, El Paso just hasn't looked right. Phoenix hasn't done enough. And I don't think the coaching change there helps them one bit. I felt it was – if they were going to make a change, they should have done it sooner or just wait until after the season and, and ride it out. So I feel like that change there didn't really do anything to help bolster their, their playoff chances. And so, yeah, I mean, if I, if I had to pick two in, two out, you know, last two in, last two out, I mean, yeah, I mean, 
I don't think Vegas holds on. I obviously don't think El Paso is gonna gonna hold on. Um, I don't think LA is gonna make a run at it. I I, I honestly think, especially Monterey Bay, especially because they have the matches in hand on everybody else. I feel like they've got the biggest opportunity of anyone to jump those spots. Seeing as how they're two points back of, of, of Vegas right now, um, match in hand on Vegas, three in hand on El Paso. Like Monterey Bay is just like poised, especially with how well here's the problem with that. They run a thin roster, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a jam packed uh, schedule. Do they have the depth enough to keep up? Uh, keep up with that. We saw that at the beginning of the year. Um, you know when they were all on the road. And yeah, like the you know, I think we beat them what six zero in their final last road match. So yeah. to me, that's my concern about Monterey Bay is do they do they have the depth um, to be able to hang on? Well, the thing about Monterey, they only have one midweek match between now and the end of the season, which is at home against Rising. So even though they have the most number of matches left to play, like it's not really like compact like it was early on. Like they've got they've got a week between everything except for that it's one midweek. Yeah. And so, I feel like the majority of their games are at home. Yeah, uh, to, they to are. finish this out. So I, I think it's Monterey well, Bay and six Vegas. and six. Basically. There's twelve games. Or, I'm sorry, three, uh, three and four, three at okay. home, four oh, on the road. Sorry, I apologize. I was like, holy fuck! The, yeah. well, how did that happen? <laughs> and they got yeah, Toledo too. I'm so gonna, cut off of that joke. I got class at nine, so I got to head out, guys. All right, Carlos. Thank you for being here, buddy. We appreciate of it. Of course. Later, Robert. Later, Harry. Good luck this weekend. Yes. And Somos uh, Unidos. I'd like to wish you luck, but we know that's not true. Yeah, may the best handball win. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Later, guys. See you, Carlos. Yeah, so it's just, yeah, these last five weeks are going to be real interesting to see what happens. Particularly, Again, no one in the West is mathematically limited yet. I mean, obviously, you know, there are some clubs that we feel aren't going to make it. Some clubs we feel are safe. I mean, is there – Looking at so obviously San Antonio is more than likely going to clinch that number one spot here in the next week or two. Is there anyone else that can make a move potentially, you know, up or down a spot or two to to grab home field advantage for at least one match? I think I think it's going to finish San Antonio, San Diego, Sacramento, Colorado Springs, us, Monterey Bay, Vegas. Uh, top three, top three are settled. San Antonio, I actually think switchbacks get the second spot. Uh, Loyal finished third. I think Sacramento's what got a four point four point gap Five. and a game in hand over New Mexico, and they're only four points or, or yeah five points behind Colorado Springs. So I think they could go up, but I, I don't think that they pass Colorado Springs. I think it's just got too much talent. Um, plus they play El Paso. I want to say as well. So. And I think they play you guys as well. So Loyal's let's see, Loyal's remaining schedule. They have Phoenix, Las Vegas, Orange County, Loyal, uh, New Mexico, and Sacramento. And Colorado's remaining schedule, they have RGV, San Antonio, Oakland, El Paso. And And that that RGV San Antonio is what a Saturday, Tuesday match. Yes. Yeah. Because that that San Antonio match is a makeup from COVID um, that got canceled out. So that's why San Antonio is playing. New Mexico Saturday, Colorado Springs at home on Tuesday, and then they get Sacramento on, on the following yeah, Saturday. Sacramento but... scares me more than anyone. That team, I don't know. They're just solid, top to bottom. Like that, that team makes me nervous, like long term. 
Like, I'm not you guys, Colorado. <laughs> it's like there's certain teams I'm not afraid of, like San Diego, I'm not afraid of them. Sacramento, I don't know why. Because if you you guys are most likely fourth or fifth, right? I don't think you guys see yourself moving up top three. No, I, I don't see it. Yeah, we're five. I, I don't. But, I don't think we get a home game. Do you, would you would you prefer traveling to Sacramento or traveling to Colorado Springs? Oh, Colorado Springs. Oh, Colorado, Colorado Springs, Springs yeah. all Colorado. day. Like yeah. they're shaky. Like they can be really good, but they can be really bad. And I know, look I at that, look at El Paso match. I mean, four, they were up three nil in ten minutes, and then gave up four goals. They're shaky on defense, big yeah. time. They're leaky. I, I feel like that's what happens. I feel like that's who we play. I, you just read Colorado Springs' match matches. Mm-hmm. That's not an easy schedule. Um, and, and with the way they're playing, um, I think Sacramento can catch them and pass them. Uh, unless we haven't seen Sacramento play since the Open Cup Championship. They no, they might... played loud and united and won 4 0. Oh, did mm-hmm. they? Yeah, they did. Yeah. Okay, never mind. I was gonna say maybe they had a hiccup there, but never mind. But yeah. it is Loudon, so let's let's see them face an, an actual team and then and then we'll see if they uh, are still on top of their their game like they have been. But but no, I, I think Sacramento passes Colorado Springs and then uh the top two stay the same. Yeah, I don't I don't see us moving up maybe to fourth. But any higher than that, just, no, I, I don't, I don't see it. I, mean, I, I think it's more likely that we slide down, given the fact we basically play six playoff teams or five playoff teams in our final five matches. But who, you, who who's passing you though? Yeah, that's uh, that's why I don't think we go down. That's, that's the, the issue. Thing. It's you, New Mexico. You know, can play five hundred ball, and I hate saying that, but they can play five hundred ball, and they're and still not, finishing fifth. Yeah. I mean, RGV could. Potentially, no. um, the, uh, again, depending on results. I mean, I, I feel like our end of season schedules is, is tougher than theirs, but you know, it's and given the way that we've been playing, like I have at this point, I'm not confident. I mean, RGV is Colorado, Charleston, Lou City, Memphis, Phoenix, Monterey. That's so, not I mean, an they, easy schedule. Well, it's wild because no. their, their form has been better, but their talent level is not. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that doesn't make sense. Like, they, they, like he's to translate. I mean, and I see, I see Charleston picking up wins uh, easily. Uh, oh, sorry, RGV picking up wins. Charleston, uh, Phoenix, Phoenix uh, Monterey's potentially a win for RGV as well. But that's I, a tough game. I mean, that's not yeah. a gimme. Monterey is tough. Like, don't yeah. kid yourself. There. Oh they're yeah, good. no, I'm they're not. real good. They're real good. So, looking at max points, New Mexico's max points is fifty-seven. Mm-hmm. Next max points would be Monterey at 56. RGV's at 54. So there's there is some wiggle room if, if they went you know if, if they went perfect. I I just I just think that the, the talent on New Mexico is good enough to where you may not win all the games, but you're not gonna lose lose game now. The only issue is with this loss to um to RGV, RGV you guys lost the tiebreaker to them. Yeah. So RGV holds the tiebreaker. So if you guys end up equal on points, what's what's the tiebreaker? Head to head, head, points and head to head. And then it's. uh, You guys lose the goal difference. Goal difference. Goal difference. Okay. So that's that's where, you know, if you've got some time, you probably want to go through and and look at New Mexico's schedule to see do you hold tiebreakers on or not? Yeah. I, I was working on that last week and we hold tiebreakers over most of the clubs, but yeah, RGV. Now we, we lose that one. Um, I feel like we, 
we're we're dead even we're, we're as of right now we're behind El Paso in points per game and regular season conference opponents. Um, so we lose that. The, that's the third tiebreaker down. So yeah, we, that's that's so random that I, I don't get that far. If it's if it's if it's <laughs> still tied after the tiebreakers and the goal difference, if that's equal, then I'm like, okay, it's too difficult to see how. <laughs> Yeah, how it, it matters on how on how teams play in the conference and just it's it's through there. So, but to me, for New Mexico, um, it really so for RGV, you know, they only have to equal you. For most of the other teams like Vegas, Galaxy, Monterey Bay, if you already hold the tiebreakers on, yeah. they have to pass you, and that's a huge that's a huge difference. Yeah, it is. And like you said, hopefully we don't get down to those tiebreakers because some of them are. Yeah, kind of obscure. Like I said, I, I did the math the other day, you know, between us and El Paso and the, they have more in more points in conference than we do. Cause we were talking about, you know, uh, records against playoff level of playoff opponents versus non-playoff opponents. And, you know, you, that's one, one area that San Antonio has far surpassed pretty much everyone else is they're beating everybody. You know, United is beating the clubs below them, the teams that they should beat, but we're not beating, and we're not, we're not making playoff yeah, team. Yeah, we're not beating playoff teams. We're not making a difference against playoff teams. And so that's where one of the biggest differences is. is like, and that's you know, the same with El Paso as yeah. well. When I looked at their records, they're, they're beating the teams below them like they should, but they're not mm-hmm. beating uh, playoff teams. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, beating the non-playoff teams is only going to get you so far. Like You have to take that next step. You have to, you know, pick up points, you know, even if you're picking up draws against say, you know, the one and two teams, but you've got to be competitive against this, this, that three through five range and pick up you know, a win here and there. You know, even if you split the season series, you know, I mean, three points, you know, it comes out a wash in the end if you're both picking up three points, but yeah, United hasn't done enough in, in that aspect. And whether it's, we've kind of alluded to whether it's the players, whether it's coaching, you know, at this point, I think it's just the players aren't executing. I mean, I think the game plan is sound enough to pick up the the, the points in every match, but I don't think we're executing and, 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 it's and not finishing. Talent, it's not talent. That's not no. Thing. They're bringing in talent. Yeah, no, we are, and you know, we've. I mean, you had to listen to the show recently. We were talking a lot about Romario Williams. Romario's a guy that's incredibly talented. Yeah, and if you if you saw our our group chat with Earl. Earl is just like all completely anti Romario. Like Romario had one shot the other night, one header, and wasn't. Even, I mean, granted, he wasn't even close, but still, like, you know, when you're playing 20 minutes, you get one attempt. Like, yes, you would like for them to do it, but you know, Romario is not a pacing. I saw also people, I saw people on Facebook complaining about Romario not, you know, outrunning people. That's not Romario. Like, that's not what he does. Like you have to understand one, what players do, what their capabilities are. And like you said, Robert, you are bringing in talented guys, but they're just not, yeah. I mean, our biggest issue for me, again, the midfield, we're not creating the opportunities. We're not putting the ball in the box where guys like Romario or Kev or Nico or whoever can get on the end of it and put shots on goal. And then those shots we do take, we're not converting. So, you know, so there may be a lifeline for OC. The somebody motioned and somebody second to uh, instruct the uh, enter a one-year agreement with OCSC to extend the deal. Hey, um, but you know, then Oliver Chi, the city manager, said OCSC has been late on rent payments ninety-four percent of the time since uh, twenty nineteen. So that's interesting. 
<laughs> oh, damn. They're late with the rent. But we're going to air some dirty they laundry cut, tonight. They cut the lights <laughs> out. They cut the lights off. <laughs> Uh-oh. That's uh, an interesting deal. I, I know in the recording that we've that's seen, that hasn't yeah. come out at all. So, so Yeah, that, that'll be interesting. And that's uh, from Owen Evans. Uh, you know, he does the PHNX uh, Rising show. Yeah. Oh, uh, we know him. <laughs> well, I like giving me... You know, give him the the proper deuce. Yeah. Um, but I gotta call it a night. It's already after midnight here. You know, uh, it's already Wednesday, right? Today's Wednesday. Yeah, it's Wednesday. 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 <laughs> it turned into a pumpkin. Uh, it's still Tuesday. Up in, uh, five hours. So it's still Tuesday here. So party yeah. on. I'm just kidding. Right, so, yeah, yeah no, good. I get it. It is running late. You know, uh, obviously Earl can be here. Carlos tapped out. Harry's got to go. Uh, I know it's you know Robert. I believe you're Central Time as well. So. Um, we do appreciate you, guys, appreciate you guys being here, you know, hopping on last minute. Uh, everyone knows, of course, where to follow Harry. He is at Ramacall across pretty much every social media outlet that I know of. Uh, Robert, is there anywhere that folks can follow you if you so wish? Or I don't really. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, I'll be on the show with Harry. I'm on SA Soccer, too, as well, sometimes. All right, so, uh, at SATX Soccer, then, over on Twitter? Yeah, yeah. All right, there you go. So if you are listening or watching, please go give them a follow. You know, we do, of course. You know, we, we love Harry. Harry is a fantastic friend Speaking of the of show. Of that, Jacob, uh, you, you, you are free to come on Friday 7 or uh, 7 this year time-ish? I believe so. Might have some kids in the background, but I believe uh, I can be there. We got kids, fans, you know. This is, you know, we're we're not a, a top tier organization like you guys. Yeah, there you go. Los <laughs> Blancos. <laughs> yeah, I'll be there. All right, All right there you go. So there you can catch Jacob Friday night over on at SATX Soccer uh, for additional San Antonio versus New Mexico talk from and, this weekend. Since Seth can't do it, and you know, American football is more important. <sighs> Dude, let me. I, you know, J- we've talked about honors. You guys have probably heard us. You know, we've, you know, I've started helping out my son's gaffle team. And it's just, it's a lot of work, man. It really I, is. I like, thought you wanted to go to bed, Harry. Why'd you bring that up? <laughs> <laughs> you, you we're gonna bring be, Earl, bring Earl we're gonna, Friday. We're gonna bring you to Earl. <laughs> Earl uh, I did. I did tell Earl that he wasn't here. Earl yeah. thought he wasn't invited, so I said, "No, no, no, no you're, invited you're, for you're sure. invited. Oh, yeah. yeah." So we'll we'll see. Um, <laughs> Earl's, yeah. Earl's more than welcome to come on. Oh, like yeah. here, uh, I wonder why he would. Yeah, that, that's that Robert's way. BFF, so I'm not <laughs> sure yeah, why awesome. why Earl wouldn't think <laughs> that he was young. I just learned so much about it. And we would even not, allow him to have soccer. his dad jokes. <laughs> you know, we'll even allow him to bring his dad jokes, and yeah. you know, the human head is ten times larger than blah blah blah, whatever. Yeah, I love uh, it. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, Earl, Earl said he would look to see if he is uh, on the call Friday night for Moriarty. So um, <laughs> he, he is he's definitely interested in joining you guys Friday night. So um, awesome. can't wait to, to check that out. So um, thank you again. Thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, we do appreciate you guys being in the chat and hanging out with us every week. And Harry, all your support over on uh, Twitter and Facebook and Robert, yours as well. We do appreciate you guys. So um, Jacob, sign us out. Yeah, for for the uh, the the fact that I think your team is frauds uh, has <laughs> has has nothing to do uh, with uh, how I feel about you two gentlemen as human beings. Uh, I love you guys. I appreciate everything you guys have done. Appreciate you guys being active in the chat uh, and and supporting us the way you do. It, it's <clears throat> I know it's hard for me sometimes to uh, get behind another team's um, 
uh, content. Uh, I, I do it, but uh, it's, it's hard for me to care about teams that I, I can't stand. Uh, not you guys. <laughs> not you guys. You guys are good. Uh, I'm talking about a, a couple other teams that have content creators uh, out here. Um, but no, we, we appreciate it. And uh, I, I like the impromptu uh, five-person podcast uh, there <laughs> that we had tonight. Um, well, it was it fun. took five people to make up for Earl, and I still don't know if we made up for Earl. <laughs> well, nobody had any um, obnoxious dad jokes or interruptions. We did get the forehead jokes oh, in. We did. Um, we did. We did get that well, covered. I don't know if you've noticed, but Earl has stopped making those because uh, he's David Carl, our, our media director, said... Uh, if if he made them, he would take Earl back off of the media or the match notes list. Uh, so so Earl has been good about not making them. But then we always have some bro man in the chat uh, popping off, which is always nice. But nice. but no, I, I had a blast. Uh, it is late though. Uh, so, uh, to those watching that aren't on the podcast, cause I feel like everybody that normally watches is just on the, was just on the podcast tonight. Um, with the exception uh, of the El Paso guy, Jerry. Oh, Jerry. Yeah. Jerry wasn't even in the chat. Um, <laughs> I, I think he was sad, uh, cause his own team, he, he had, he had that one little rally when he beat us. Uh, and then he went back to reality and realized his team sucks, uh, and got sad again. So, um, but uh, next Tuesday, uh, hopefully, we'll be talking about uh, three New Mexico United points. Um, and if we do, you guys are more than welcome to to come back. If you guys win, <laughs> uh, you guys can can be over in the chat. Well, you know, I'll be back. You know, no, yeah. no, you yeah. just give us two hours, you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, but so so next Tuesday, guys, uh, come on back, uh, join the chat, uh, get with us about uh, what we saw. Hopefully, it's at least uh, not demoralizing like rgv was and uh let's gear up for this playoff push i know uh i'm excited for it even though we haven't been playing our best soccer uh, i still think there's a chance we can make a run here and uh, we just gotta get some guys healthy and get to clicking again and and who knows uh soccer is a crazy sport um as, as everybody here for sure knows so until next week guys you've been listening to somos mas your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United, the USL, and the New Mexico Runners. All of our shows are recorded live on Tuesday nights and are streamed on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages. An audio-only version of the show goes live later in the week on all major podcast platforms. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bidoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using StreamYard and Audacity.